0: Can you be quiet, please?
1: Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's a me a and Garcia. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother.
2: Excitement time. Clam down. Clam, Clam down. down. Clam down. Clam down. Hurry! going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're
3: going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates?
1: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock.
2: Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on this Tuesday. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, online PR927FM.com and watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And if you are watching, you can see the net hung upon the microphone for my 2023 Pirate Radio Bracket Challenge Championship. Controversial, but champion nonetheless. We'll talk a little hoops today with coach Mac, Mac McCarthy. We'll talk men's Final Four and the Hokies of Virginia Tech heading to the women's Final Four. He has been on the call for the Hokies action. So we'll talk women's tournament, men's tournament, and all things hoops coming up with Coach Mack in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, It is Jersey Mike's Day of Giving, so we'll uh, give you some details and information on that coming up at 4 o'clock at around 420. We will check in with the Mully Man, talk Pirate Baseball as they've got a big midweek game with UNCW coming up tonight, coming off a sweep, coming uh, to a conference opening series this weekend on the road at Houston. So we'll discuss Pirate Baseball MLB opening day is just two days away, and uh, we'll talk about all things baseball, golf, uh, hoops, football, whatever, with Mike Mullis uh, in hour number two. Hour three, RV, Ronald Vincent will join us. He is... Being honored later this week, it is RV Field at Guy Smith Stadium, and uh, love talking to to RV, especially this time of year, as he's got another season going at JH Rose. But we'll talk his thoughts on the World Baseball Classic, his thoughts on ECU so far, the rule changes going on in college, minor, and Major League Baseball. Has that trickled down at all into the high school ranks? Uh, we'll talk about all that and a lot more with RV coming up at 5 o'clock on today's show. So uh, a lot of guests to get to, and it has been a busy day. We were out at ECU Pro Day earlier today, so we've got a ton of interviews from out there. Holt Naylor's Keaton Mitchell, CJ Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, Noah Henderson, Miles Berry. Got all those interviews. Those videos are available on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook Live. You can find them there. Instagram, got a lot of pictures, videos out there. So if you would like a taste of 2023 Pro Day, which, since I've been around, is the most packed pro day ever with the amount of scouts, with the amount of players participating. Um, It was cool to see current Pirates out there cheering on uh, their former teammates. It's cool to see former Pirates out there. Deshaun Amos uh, was there. We had him on recently as he is doing great things in the CFL right now. Uh, But he was out there, Giovanni Ruffin and others. So it was great to see Those guys supporting uh, the pirates today, trying to make it to the next level. So, we got all that coming up. Shirley Rhodes is here, Chandler Honeycutt here as well. Uh, Chandler, you, you look a little uh, you look a little salty, you look a little tired. You also look sunburnt. Are you okay?
4: Yeah, I, I didn't realize until I looked in the mirror earlier that I look sunburnt, but yeah, I think it is that astroturf out there. Um just kind of radiate, radiating off the ground. But, yeah, I'm pink. Um, but
2: pink I mean, is uh, Steven Tyler's favorite color.
5: <laughs> that is true.
4: Um, but I'm glad because I, I have noticed how pale I get in the winter months. So Somebody asked us
2: on the watch-along, when are you guys going to get a tan? And
4: I get a tan every single summer, and it's actually pretty good. And so do you, I feel like.
2: You went pre-summer tan this time. Yes. So Straight but up red. Got
4: it out there during pro day. Enjoyed watching some former Pirates basically interview for jobs out there. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, I'm a little tired. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to push through these next three hours.
2: Push through these three hours and then uh, a Pirate baseball game.
4: Yes, can't wait. ECU versus UNCW, the rematch.
2: Um, I'm sorry about what happened to you earlier today.
4: What happened to me earlier?
2: What happened on the mic, Shirley? Can you hit that? This is the end of the Keith Mitchell interview. Uh, come on, now. I like silence too. Thanks, Keith. Luck, man. So Thank We've been
6: out here so long. I'm hungry. Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> yeah, I missed the. A-
6: lunch yeah. meeting today yeah. so you
4: missed the lunch meeting
2: what I did, I did. you give us an update on that <laughs> I, I did i was supposed to have a lunch
4: meeting today and i couldn't be there
2: because you were grinding
4: yes i had a lunch meeting with a former client and advertiser of pipe radio mm-hmm. trying to get them back on um but wasn't able to go there so but jonathan was able to accompany that person to. Lunch. oh good
2: so the meeting went down just without chandler yes all right. So I hope it went well. We didn't have the closer, but uh, hopefully Ellerby could work some magic at that meeting. Hopefully. But uh, yeah, I just I heard that when I was cutting up the audio. And uh, are you and Jenny okay? It sounded like y'all. How long had y'all been out there?
4: About two and a half hours. My
2: goodness! Without any food. And I you made I, it. And I didn't eat breakfast. And you time. made it out to tell to tell about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you even say <laughs> you, you made it out alive to talk about the story i mean it's it's great what about a story eric said eric got it, exactly eric he said chandler working through his lunch that guy's a straight pro <laughs> he is man thanks eric i mean the links he goes just to get you guys some good audio and pictures and video what do you think of pro day today
4: uh i'm i'm like you it was very packed out there uh Had some, um, you know, a lot of former and current Pirates out there. Giovanni Ruffin, great to see him. Um, Every time I hear the name Giovanni Ruffin, I think about that awesome touchdown run in the 2009 Conference USA Championship game against Houston. Um, So, great to see him out there. I think he has been doing some work with Justin Redd uh, in the offseason. I noticed that he was taking down his times. Um, every time Justin Red went up to do a drill. And he also said that he was going to be there to watch Justin Red yesterday on Twitter. So, uh, but yeah, it was great to see uh, a lot of these guys who have worked so hard to get to this point in their career, especially Holton, especially CJ, especially to a guy that we talked to on Saturday and played his interview yesterday, uh, Isaiah Winstead um so and of course we saw a lot of family members uh isaiah winstead was interviewed after his day was done and he had a it was like a steph curry moment he had the baby with him he was holding the baby during his interviews so. zayden zayden yeah oh wow i didn't know that was that's a cool name it yeah, yeah, is a really you good told name the other day. but no i i really i think I, I last year was my first time going out to pro day and i really enjoyed it and i i enjoyed it even more today so uh I thought the guys did really good out there and um, and showcased uh, all their talents that they could.
2: Alright, Randolph checking in, said, Boom, boom, fellas and Shirley. Boom, 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 boom. What's up, Randolph? DSL.
6: When are
4: they going to start playing Boom, Boom, Boom at Clark LeClaire?
2: Stephen Allen says, Down at the Beach Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's feeling beachy today. Good for you. <sighs> all right. Steve Hill wants to hear all the phrases. Uh a burglary, a burglar, a burglarly.
5: It's two little butt cheeks swinging dingers.
2: My guy. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his my God. hand. Want- <laughs> my guy. Uh, I want me some glory hole. I want me some glory hole. Put some ranch on it. I want to put some ranch on it. I got a little taco meat on my chest. Oh, where are you? <laughs> where are you? Oh, no, it, it disappeared. Oh, the taco meat Where's was the- oh! meat. I don't want to talk about the weather. Mm. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Tell them to bring me my money. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. What's that that from? I don't remember what that's from. I don't know what that's from. One of
4: the worst days in ECU athletics history.
2: David said, I'm dying to know, did Winstead hit that 4-4 in the 40? David, please don't die. Don't you die on me. Don't you die on us. Don't you die on me i do not know from other sources um unofficial sources i was hearing four or five plus but i do not know for certain gordon says Jeannie wants her net back well gordon tell genie to score more than 24 points in a march madness pool and maybe genie can win next year hey oh hey
4: by the way
2: people people wondering keaton mitchell
4: did not run his 40 today yeah um it sounded like after the pro day ended and he talked to the media it sounded like he wanted to run it again and i believe he was advised not to run it again he wanted to get into the four twos i mean he and i think someone asked are you satisfied with what you did at the combine and he said no like i wanted to get lower than that i wanted to go to four two so i believe it was if it was up to him today he would have ran it but uh uh, apparently, his advisors and his agent and whoever told him, "Hey, hold off." So
2: it's like um, a defendant in a trial. Uh, the attorney suggests you don't take the stand. They suggest, I guess, Keaton, you can only hurt yourself. I, he said he wanted to run.
4: Yeah, he he really wanted to run. He did do some cone drills today. The L the L drill uh, had some trouble keeping his footing, but once he was able to bounce back and keep his footing and finish the drill it looked really good he looked really fast really
2: good this is not a joke um were you around i think you were around. and i told bailey about my dream last night yes so i had a dream an
4: interesting one
2: i guess i was thinking about pro day i don't know i had a dream that i was at an offensive lineman camp and i've never played o-line in my life if I did play football, I'm pretty sure that's where I would have been stuck uh, at guard or center, probably I guess this guard. Is
4: your stereotypical day before pro day dream.
2: Yeah, I wonder if the other guys <laughs> participating in pro day had these dreams. All right, so I go to the the camp, and first thing we got to do is talk to the the coaches that are running the camp. Well, I am a good talker, so I did a great job in that portion of it. Next, we were going to do some kind of, um, I don't know, get your body ready or whatever. And and at that point, I realized, like, this is for people still trying to continue their football career. Like, I should not be here. I, I'm i out of shape just walking from the vehicle to the event. How am I going to do this? And the, the drill that you had to do, you're like on this weight bench, and you have to do a sit-up and then completely turn your body around. So like you're, you're on your back. You got to do a sit up and then like lay on your belly on the bar and you have to do it on the bench and you have to do it like a hundred times until they tell you to stop. And I was like, I'm too embarrassed to like quit and just walk out. So I'm going to try it. And I go to the bench and it takes a while for my name to be called. So the bench was uh, used by somebody previously. It is so gross and sweaty they didn't clean it between uh between athletes such as myself so i get on it i do my sit up i turn around and right when i turn around i immediately wake up and i'm like thank god that i'm not really at this place and have to walk out and leave and then i thought to myself what is wrong with my brain why am i having these dreams so there you go um i I don't sometimes i wish dreams were part of an ongoing storyline like tonight when i go to sleep i could see like what happens next from that moment Mm -hmm. and you know do you ever know do you have dreams
4: yeah and i mean i have those dreams where you wake up and it was a good dream that you were enjoying and there's been times where i can go back to sleep and continue it
2: that that's man that's but the also, but, but that's that's, not, all, that's impossible to do man if you could ever do that you need to thank your lucky stars
4: i just i guess i go i, I go back to sleep thinking about the dream and then it just kind of picks up from there but it doesn't yeah. happen every single time
2: Nah, it's very few and far between um, do you ever know you're in a dream while you're dreaming
4: I, we see we've i feel like we've had this dream conversation before on this show maybe it was in a dream no, it was on the show. I do remember that.
2: Wait, maybe it wasn't a dream. Are we dreaming right now?
4: We could be dreaming um, if I'm dreaming, please don't wake me up. That's another If B- I'm dreaming, something.
2: why are
5: you guys here?
4: Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've never been in those dreams where I know I'm in a dream
2: I for every, every
4: dream- every dream that I have, I think it's real life. yeah, and when I wake up, I go. Oh, man, that sucks. I think about what happened in the dream, and then I realize, oh, wait, this is real life. I think you had that situation. uh, I think I asked you about something. Um, For people that don't know, you don't drink anymore. But, you know, you haven't drank for two and a half years maybe but you said you've had those dreams where you're in a dream and you're drinking and yeah. you look down like, and oh you, man and you're like what am i doing yeah. oh my gosh i've broke a yeah two year two and a half year streak of like not drinking three or four times now and you wake up in the middle or you wake up in during the night and you're like all upset with yourself and then you go all right wait, wait a minute this is uh this is a dream
2: yeah so. all right as david said cool story bro thank you We're all about cool stories here. Did I ever tell you about the time I was in a car listening to Under the Bridge with Ellen?
4: (laughs) I remember it like it was yesterday. I think that was a dream. I still, to this day, because usually your story- To this day. To this day. To this day. I usually enjoy your stories. I'm not like a
2: good storyteller. I need to get better at it.
4: But usually they end in like excitement or like it's you know, excitement You time. get to the end and it's a punchline. But like that story, man, I nah. used, I don't know where in the world you were trying to go with that. I'm not like, going like, anywhere. It didn't I'm go just anywhere.
2: listening to under the bridge when it first came with out. Your
4: Aunt Helen or Aunt No, or she was like
2: or? my grandma's neighbor's uh, niece. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a great story. It's a great. It's a great story. What about a story? All right, Coach Mac is here. I tell you what, before we get to Coach Mac, let's, uh, let's hear one of our interviews. Let's hear uh, Keaton Mitchell uh, from today at Pro Day as he is trying to make his dreams come true and make it to the league. Here is Keaton with reporters.
7: Not a busy day for you, but your, your thoughts on just going through the
6: process today? Uh, you know, it's a dream come true. Just going through the process, just enjoying the moment. Trying to have fun with the guys one last time, and hopefully we all on the next level together and be able to play uh, with each other. So nice experience. How much did
7: you want to participate? in Some of the drills they told you not to.
6: Uh, I wanted to participate. I wanted to run the 40 again. Good weather. I ain't gonna lie, I was gonna try to get 4-1. I was gonna get some crazy, but <laughs> nah. Um, I thought I was gonna get some running back drills, but punt—that's uh, what everybody wanted to see. And I felt like I did what I had to do, and I felt like I did good. So.
7: How do you how are you dealing with all this attention? Because it seems like your stock keeps going up from what we're hearing. How are you yes, dealing
6: with all of that? Uh, you know, like I said, a dream come true. I ain't complaining. Long process, but talking to NFLs coaches and scouts, and you can't complain too much. So I'm enjoying it. What if you heard from some of those guys? Did they kind of give you an idea about draft or free agent or that kind of thing? Oh no, we ain't free agent over here. We trying not get drafted, <laughs> nah. Uh, nah, they talking good. Um, they just wanted to see me catch punts. Like I said, they know I can uh, I can make big plays. They know I'm fast. Uh, just catching punts, like I said, I feel like I did good. So my draft stopped, uh, rose some more. So uh, we're going to see what they say after this. How high
0: is it? High probably
6: like no earlier, like third, third through fifth. Probably, hopefully that drop like second round, trying to get second round. So, like I said, we're going to see what they say after them seeing me catch punts or whatever. So,
7: Anything else you can do from here on out to increase your, your
6: stock? Uh, you know, uh, I got a uh, couple of visits uh, next month. Um, just stay in shape, stay ready. You know, you don't never know when they're going to call your name, call you, fly you out or whatever. So, just stay a student of the game and uh, stay in shape. What was it like competing at the NFL? <laughs> uh... Like I said, a dream come true. I love it. Uh, balling with the guys, seeing them perform, seeing them put their talents on display, and uh, just being there with them, cheering them on. So it's nice. You happy with the 40 you ran? No. Y'all, I don't know if y'all watched it, but they backed me up a little bit. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, 4-3-7, can't be mad at that. That's fast. I'm on it 4-2, but they know I can run, so can't complain too much. Can Going into you? The
8: last season, you mentioned that you wanted to improve your blocking. Yes, sir. I think you definitely did that. How do you think that improved your draft stock?
6: A whole lot. Uh, like I said, off season, I was just working on upper body strength, uh, bench. I wanted thirteen through fifteen. I ain't never really hit thirteen for real, but went in there, juiced up thirteen. I'm fine with that. Scouts were impressed. So, that's all I needed to do.
8: What's Can the best you? advice you've received through this whole process? What's the somebody? best advice?
9: Best advice you've heard from somebody through this whole process?
6: Uh just have fun you know uh, you don't want to like anything bad drop ball anything you don't want to get in your head because you'll mess up the rest of the uh the performance so just sticking to it stay humble um and just stay the course like you don't never want to put yourself higher than you expect so uh falcon i got the falcons on the 14th uh jets we're gonna see what they talking about the lions Packers, things like that so yeah is it weird to be talking about that nfl teams like that it ain't team? weird it's like shoot i got a call it's an nfl team so i'm gonna answer every time uh talk to them, be myself and enjoy the process like i said it's a dream come true a lot of people don't get this chance uh, a lot of people want to be in my shoes and just trying to just enjoy the moment all
2: right there is keaton mitchell you heard him say what uh, the scouts wanted to see most today him receiving punts so if, he, uh, if and when he makes a roster, going to be involved in special teams, some form or fashion. And uh, the uh, scouts on hand today, which there were plenty, I uh, wanted to see him catch some punt returns, some punts. He was able to do that and uh, impress, as he always does. So there's Keaton Mitchell. We'll hear also uh, later today if we have time, but some point this week, from Holden Aylers, C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, Noah Henderson, and I went one-on-one with Miles Berry as well when we return we'll talk some hoops with Coach Mack as the Virginia Tech women's Hokies are heading to the final four he has been on the call for some of their tournament games we'll talk about that and the men's final four as well a wacky men's NCAA tournament we'll break it all down with Mack McCarthy when we return Pirate Radio Live Hour 1 after this
1: listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit UniversityPCcare.com to learn more today now back to the show
5: welcome back brown and wood is your home of the best selection of gmc cadillac buick and mazda in eastern north carolina since 1937 you can shop their entire inventory online at brown and or you can visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff.
2: All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Mully Man joining us in Hour 2 and the legendary RV, Ronald Vincent, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We've also got a giveaway for you later on in today's program, so stay tuned for that. And we've got Coach Mac joining us. Mac McCarthy inside the Pirate Radio studios getting ready to call some women's Final Four action as the Virginia Tech Hokies uh, are in the Final Four and a lot of star power in that Final Four. We'll talk about that in a moment. Coach Mac. great to see you. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Virginia Tech shirt and the classic Pirate Radio hat. Well, I've been been getting flack for wearing my Virginia Tech stuff, and
10: uh, (laughs) I said, well, I'm not going to back down on that. But I'll throw in the classic Pirate Radio hat.
2: I like it. Well worn. I like hats like that. All right, uh, Coach, so Virginia Tech in the Final Four, and I am not a women's basketball savant, but from what I do know, There's a lot of star power coming from the other teams, and it seems like Virginia Tech is just kind of maybe under the radar. And by that, I mean South Carolina, the clear number one in women's basketball. We've talked about that. I think everybody who follows sports knows the name Caitlin Clark from Iowa and uh, and what she does game to game. And then people will know the name Kim Mulkey, the head coach at LSU. We were talking about her wardrobe last week as we were watching one of those games uh, here on TV. And then there's Virginia Tech, and i got to be honest, I don't know a lot about Virginia Tech women's basketball. So is that fair to say that maybe they're the under-the-radar team in this Final Four or not? No, it's fair to say you don't pay attention.
10: It's, okay, that's, that's uh, fair to say. They, they they do have the two-time ACC Player of the Year in okay. Liz Kitley and she's from the state of North Carolina. Uh, I think a little town called Summerfield over near Greensboro. All right. But, uh, but yeah, they no, it, it is fair. Kim Mulkey is a, a national star, was a national star as a player. As an assistant coach, as a head coach, uh, uh, multiple national championships. Uh, one of the first games I ever scouted for uh, on the women's side, uh, the women's team at Auburn, where they were going to their first NCAA, and they were they were matched up against the winner of another game. And I flew to Ruston, Louisiana, and the point guard was a little blonde. Pigtail girl named Kim Mulkey, uh, and she was outstanding, and they were really good.
2: I recall they used to wear, like, sleeves on their jerseys, correct? They, they, the, well, the, the, the men did and the women did. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
10: right. yeah the lady
2: textures. They, w- they were never the lady bulldogs because they would be known as the— Okay.
10: what Lady Bulldogs are known as. Sure. They, they, were, they were the Lady Texters, and that was written on the floor as well as Bulldogs on the other end of the floor. But yeah, she's certainly got star power and, uh, and wardrobe inspired by Ric Flair or whoever. And, <laughs> um, and then you've got, uh, on the other side, you got Caitlin Clark. Like you mentioned, everybody knows who Caitlin Clark is, and everybody knows who Aaliyah Boston is, too, for South Carolina. She was the Player of the Year last year. The Iowa people are still upset about that because they thought Clark should have been that last year. I think Clark will be the overwhelming uh, player of the year this year. But Boston doesn't have the great numbers, but she's going to be the number one pick in the uh, WNBA draft. And, of course, what Dawn
2: Staley has done is nothing short of um, unbelievable. All right, so how much of a shot do you give your Hokies to cut down the nets at the end of this thing?
10: I don't know. I mean, everybody's been picking them to lose in every round other than the first <laughs> round maybe the, you know they were they ran into Chattanooga the first round. That wasn't a real close game, but uh, South Dakota State had won 20 some in a row and uh, and they're their last loss was to South Carolina in a close game so they picked them to lose there. Certainly Tennessee was going to beat them and then UConn was going to beat them but UConn didn't make it. So Ohio State, uh, Ohio yeah. State was going to beat them because they press all the time so I don't know. LSU's really good. They've only lost twice. They've lost one game to Tennessee and one game to South Carolina. They've got a, a great player in Angel Reese, a transfer from Maryland who, uh, who averages like 23 and 15. Just unbelievable numbers. They've got a bunch of great athletes. They're starting their first eight or six transfers and two freshmen. Um, you know that's that's the way you build a basketball team these days. And uh, and of course they've got the the co- presence on the sideline with Kim Mulski, who's been in this situation many times. She's she's been to sixteen Sweet Sixteens, but uh, I don't know. I, Final fours, I think it's eight or nine Final Fours and three national championships as uh, the head coach at Baylor.
2: A three seed are those LSU Tigers facing the one seed Virginia Tech, South Carolina. Of the number one overall seed, facing a two-seed in Iowa. And one more question on the women's tournament, Coach. The uh, the upsets that are on the men's side just aren't there, the, the wild ones on the women's side, but number one seed Stanford goes down in round two. Number one seed Indiana goes down in round two. Is that surprising at all to you? No, I mean, there is a ton –
10: they, everybody's been preaching parody, right? And there is a ton of parody, except right at the very top. Right. You, know, the, okay. you had Tennessee forever, nobody could beat them. Then you had UConn forever, nobody could beat them. And recently it's been South Carolina. But uh, there, there's an awful lot of parody, a lot of good basketball teams. And uh, I don't really think any of the the games that were upsets via the rankings or via the seedings really were you know upsets in my mind
2: all right let's go to the men's side and coach uh it is how's it feel to be sitting with a bracket champion today right across from me
10: very good i was rooting for shirley um you know that that's you know that that was just my
2: personal choice and uh well how's it feel to be sitting next to someone almost next to someone who finished second (laughs) shirley rhodes how about this me first shirley second chandler third Pirate Radio Live, holding it down. Who the, is the
10: uh, official accountant? Is it Price That is also your girl Shirley. I thought she had the uh, the disclaimer at the bottom of the that's contest right. with the little asterisk down there that she would settle all disputes. And then that, that's the way it should be. Uh, you know, those who do the most work get to decide what the heck is going on. <laughs> uh, but
2: this uh, has to be the lowest uh, amount of points for a champion ever because of this wacky tournament this yeah. year. Yeah,
10: yeah, and, and here's here's the question I've been waiting to ask you all day. Is this Final Four better than last year's Final Four, as far as interest goes? No. What, what are your callers? Or what are your callers saying? Are they
2: interested in this Final Four at all compared to last year with UNC, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova? Answer that question, folks. What do you think? And I, I guess the answer is no. But I, I hate the people that say, "All right, y'all are going to enjoy these upsets early, and then we're stuck with some terrible matchups later." I, I, I. I'd almost rather have it this way. I love the, the madness. The chaos. You like I, I you're don't, here for the chaos? I don't need to see Kentucky and UCLA play again or whatever, or Carolina-Duke. Let's let's see some new teams. Uh, I'm, uh, I like some new blood. Do you think the ratings will reflect your of opinion? Of course not. Of course they won't. <laughs> and, and how about just the atmosphere around Houston? I mean, you had a chance to get... The Cougars there, okay, they lost, but you were still going to get all those folks from Austin, the Texas fans and all over, and they lost. So, uh, you know, I I think Houston is going to be struggling on this one too. No,
10: the tickets are no struggle regardless I mean it's 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 a hard sellout all right uh, the cheapest women's ticket the cheapest women's ticket for the weekend is over a thousand dollars
2: jeez and that'll be in Dallas where you will be that it'll
10: be in Dallas too right. to, yeah close by they so the, la- the last time I remember one like this there was a final four for the men in Seattle and the women were in Tacoma right across the right across the state line and uh uh this one's probably three four, three or or between three and four hours apart but uh there'll be some people that uh, run up and down the road to both of them
2: fau 35 and three as they enter this final four they'll be taking on san diego state we've seen san diego state as a one seed and and be a a strong team in the past just never made that run. in fact the whole mountain west couldn't win a game in the ncaa tournament and now san diego state's there but how about fau coach and what they do i mean now we look back on it. I hate to have this after the fact, but like, were they underseeded? Should they have been seated higher? Moving forward, if a team is thirty and three from a smaller league. Will you seat them higher? What do you think about FAU? Well, I, I don't know about the normal uh,
10: thirty and three team. I don't know how many normal thirty and three teams there are, but they uh, they definitely were were seated lower than they should have been. They they dominated. Uh, you know, when you look up the makeup of the roster with the transfers and the older players and the talented offensive players and how good they are offensively, uh, they should have been seated higher. But uh, but th- those those things, the seating part is the is the messy part and sometimes doesn't get. Enough attention, unless it's uh, a top team or something like that. But, you know, San Diego State, you know, back to their situation, they over the last decade they are the sixth winningest basketball program in the country mm. this this is not a a shock that that they're making a run in the tournament yeah they haven't been to the final four
2: but they've been a good basketball team for a long time and uh that will be coming up 609 on saturday and then after that miami and yukon and you look at all these teams miami struggled with drake uh was able to get by them in the first round FAU needed a last-second shot to beat Memphis in the first round. San Diego State struggled a little bit, I think, with Charleston, but they've kind of smothered teams, put everybody away. UConn's won every game. It wasn't even a game with 10 minutes left to go. So they have dominated this thing. Coach, uh, do you think that domination continues for the Huskies?
10: Well, I think it does, but you know the way the tournament's been going, why 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 would I say that?
2: Well, I take the favorite,
10: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they've been awfully good, and they've been good all year. That you know, they they certainly could have been a one seed. They were ranked number one for quite a while, mm-hmm. and then went through a little bit of slump, had some injuries, sickness, that kind of thing. But uh, they have bounced back, and the people who watched the Big East closely, all of them said they're playing like they did. earlier early in the year, and uh, they all felt like they were primed for a run.
2: see a lot of overreaction questions, and I, they're fair questions. Is this going to be what we see now with the NIL and the portal? I thought that that maybe the good teams were supposed to take advantage of this
10: yeah this is backwards they, <laughs> they, everybody said nil and portal the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer just like america just like radio business but uh but, but it's just the opposite i know is this an aberration or is this the way it's going to be
2: it's a great that's a great question it's a great talking point and it it I tell you what, I saw a lot of this this weekend, Coach. Well, now ECU doesn't have an excuse in basketball. That FA, well, what was our excuse before? Like, I, I don't know. But now every team is expected to be like FAU. By the way, FAU will be joining ECU's league next year. And have you seen these other Conference USA schools? You've got UAB and North Texas – in the semis in the nit and then charlotte won the cbi they're all coming to the aac so i don't know what that says about those teams but it says they're pretty darn good i guess Uh, what what that means is oresco is doing a good job of talking about this stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's what that means i don't know if it's coincidence or not but one heck of a basketball league coming your way to Minji's next year uh but man it is it is fascinating to see what happens moving forward i still have to think that the big boys are still going to be the big boys, but it does give other teams hope when they see these teams uh, making a run like this. You know, one thing that
10: didn't happen before the cheating has always taken place, right? But but if let's let's just use Lee Coco. he's a Lehigh graduate it was hard for him to cheat and buy players and them go to lehigh that would have attracted a lot of attention right yeah but but right now if he wants to spend 15 million dollars that won't buy him a new facility but it will buy him three really good basketball players so so maybe it does level the playing field in some way uh John Ruiz at Miami is having a good time with the men and women. The women made it to the Elite Eight, yeah. almost made it to the Final Four with the, with the Cavender Twins transferring from out west. And, and there, there's Nigel Pack uh, getting $400 a year for two years. And then that that jacked up Isaiah Wong's <laughs> deal. He had to get more because he was a better player than Pack, and he was coming back. So, um, yeah, the whole thing is crazy and not what it used to be. And that that's why my guy Charles Barkley was going off on 60 million minutes the other night yeah um so what's he what is his main talking point why why it's he's the, he says the nil and the transfer portal is the ruination of college athletics uh,
2: well i don't know what, what was charles getting anything while he was at auburn i don't know if you're uh, oh, the person hell yeah i
5: mean i, don't, I... <laughs>
2: I find it a little conflicting. I don't know. Like, Why was it okay? Because it was under the table back then? I don't know. I I don't get it. I don't understand it all. Uh, But uh, that's the way it is, I guess. Charles loves to, like, uh, him and Kevin Durant sure don't get along. I know that. No, and I don't know if there's a good guy or a bad guy in that,
10: but uh but Charles is way more popular than Kevin Durant. So <laughs> yeah. he's probably gonna win the uh, the uh the the contest.
2: I will say I'm glad they took Charles and Kenny and them off the uh the selection part of it because they just they don't have the time to watch all these teams. Now they're on the yeah. postgame and I listen I love the NBA playoffs, because I love inside the NBA with Charles and Kenny and them. But it yeah. it's still a little weird that they have the Turner folks up there talking college basketball. But Charles kind of knows he's there as comedic relief and picking bad games and all that. But it's uh, it's interesting to see those guys talking about teams they have no clue about Well, the I will say this, though. I will say
10: this. If you watch them from the very first year they did this, which was a dozen years ago, to now – they are really a whole lot better. Yeah, and and CBS does a great job. They send them everything. They they get the information, and and they are they are so much better than they were about True. knowing the individuals and the coaches and you know how the teams have done. <clears throat> uh, I really enjoyed, and you know we you know I'm, we make fun of Charles all the time and that kind of thing. But you know some saying some of the things like he did the other night, you always think the first reaction is always that's outrageous. And your second reaction is, damn, he's right.
11: <laughs> there you
2: go. And yeah, that's uh, with a lot of topics with Sir Charles. All right, Coach, can you hang out one more segment? Sure. All right, let's do one more segment. We'll uh, talk more hoops. We'll talk maybe a little NASCAR uh, with Coach Mac while we got him here. And more when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. We are back with you after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
5: Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, CopyPro has been in eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income do you have what it takes visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more now let's head back in to prl here's clip
2: all right no surprise here Shirley, but another farm villain uh terquavion smith baby t uh has announced he will be heading to the nba draft so
5: well that's to be expected I, i figured he would have gone last year because there were a lot of rumors floating that he was going to be a one and done, but uh, it looks like uh, Baby T stuck around for another year, improved his draft stock, and uh, I certainly hope to see him playing in the NBA. Because man, that dude is good.
2: Had a huge game against Creighton, uh, but was not enough in round one of the NTA tournament. We're talking with Coach Mac McCarthy here in the Pirate Radio Studios, and now. It's time to follow the uh, the free agency in coaching and players uh, in college basketball. That's the, the time of year we're in. And how about these coaching moves? How about uh, Tobin Anderson with Fairleigh Dickinson? He, he becomes a star overnight after upsetting Purdue. And uh, immediately he heads to Iona, which has a vacancy because Rick Patino heads to St. John's, the Domino's. Uh, but, but we'll kind of go one by one. How about about a coach like Tobin Anderson? I guess you got to strike while the iron's hot. Coach, is that the situation there?
10: Well, clearly, Iona is a better job than Fairleigh Dickinson, and uh, if you're going to be in this profession, uh, you don't want to necessarily chase jobs, but you do want to move up the ladder, so to speak. Uh, when it's a when it's a situation, Iona has a you know some tradition with what Patino did, with what Valvano did before him, and uh, they've had good basketball up there in New Rochelle, New York, uh, and um, you know, and I'm sure the they have a whole lot more resources than they do down in Fairleigh Dickinson.
2: Rick Patino back in the Big East at St. John's. And we're talking about this um last week, I believe with Pete Medhurst. He's up around the DC area. And he talked about how that the Big East now, you look at the teams in the the Big West, basically, with Xavier, with Creighton, uh, with Marquette, like those are your your good teams. Your old Seton Halls and Georgetowns and St. John's are kind of falling behind. So can Patino kind of resurrect something there uh, with the Johnnies? you think?
10: A hundred percent. I mean, you know, one thing he always does is win, and uh, and he'll win again. You know, you you can you can hate him, you can uh, love him, but you know he's going to win. And uh, it would not be a shocker if they were in the final four in the next five years to anybody.
2: And it was really cool to see Lou Karnaseka there at the press conference, who I swear was like 80 years old when I was watching basketball in the early 90s. And he's still, he's still alive and kicking, so that was really cool to see. How about Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown? Yeah, that one you know was met with a little bit of controversy
10: because he's a Providence guy. He's from there, sneaking in the gym when he was a kid to to go to camp or to see games, and uh, it seemed like a really good match. But there, there's a ceiling at Providence. There really is, despite the fact that it has a rich, rich history with you know all the coaches that have come through there. But uh, uh, Georgetown is a national brand in a in a great city uh, in an absolute hotbed for recruiting on and, and. That I ninety five corridor up to Philadelphia and New York, back down to Baltimore and D C. He'd have been crazy if you know if this was what he was doing as a profession and turned that job down.
2: And again, I talk about kind of the I missed I think the heyday of Georgetown, but early nineties they still had Morning and Matumbo, and then eventually AI. But that was going on towards the end of the John Thompson era I guess so is that uh, you know a sleeping giant like you think St. John's will be back you think Georgetown can maybe return to their success as well? I don't think there's
10: any question and they both hired good guys in terms of, of what they're going to do two completely different people <laughs> 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 and, and you can take that uh, judgment for what it's worth but uh, but yeah Ed Cooley is one of the nicest men in the business and uh, um, I, I think the Providence people feel a little bit let down by yeah. him he didn't get a huge raise to go there about a about a half million dollars which you know just like just radio money kind of thing sure, right? sure, that, sure. Uh, but uh and it'll cost him way more than to, to live in dc than it did in providence but professionally he can win more games at georgetown and compete on the national level level better than he did at providence
2: now uh, you look at, at dusty may still coaching there at fau in the final four and The hope there is uh, in Boca Raton, they can hold on to him. They have a team, by the way, that's like the youngest team in the NCAA tournament. They don't have any seniors. Their starting lineup could all be back next year if they stick around. So will they see it through and and build something there? Will somebody come calling for him? I think I, I know the answer to that, but but we'll see what happens after this season.
10: Yeah, you know, it's one thing to be hot, uh, and he's as hot as anybody in the in the basketball world right now, but it's another thing to be hot and there be an opening that you really want. -hmm. Now you know if the rumors are true and Jim Larinaga retires, that's uh, that's a pretty obvious choice. He wouldn't even have to move houses, although (laughs) he could. He will definitely be able to afford a bigger house.
2: Good point. Yeah, I didn't. uh, So Larinaga maybe goes out. With this Final Four and then calls it a day. Do you think? I, I mean, that's just one of the things that's out there that people are talking about. Uh, uh, I
10: don't, I don't see him slowing down much. He still got the dance moves. He does.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you ever <laughs> dance with the team after a game like that? Coach? Not a chance. Not no? a chance. Not even after the state win no. or after you win a tournament game. No, I may have looked like I was dancing a few times, but it was totally by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Mag McCarthy joining us. Uh, let's see. Any other openings? Anything else you're following in the coaching world? World going on right now, Coach?
10: You know, one crazy opening is Penn State. Uh, you know, Power Five, uh, big name, but, you know, Penn State basketball is certainly behind Penn State football, spring football, hockey, wrestling. They're the fifth most popular sport on campus, probably, although I think volleyball might be actually ahead of that. Wow. Because uh, volleyball was powerful there for years and years and years. Uh, Julie Torbett was a product of that system, but the uh, back in the days at ECU, but the uh, they they're having trouble they they've missed on a few people and uh uh shrewsbury wanted to stay there in a in a way but uh they they couldn't get the nil stuff straight and and of course he's from indiana anyway was probably going to go back there eventually but uh um they've they've targeted the most recent target appears to be mike Rhodes from vcu vcu is a lot better basketball job but but uh, they can
2: absolutely money whip him if they want to. Coach, it's a I guess a good problem to have. You, you have so much success. You're at a, a big-time school. But it has got to be some pressure right now on Matt Painter at Purdue. And I, I just read a lot of uh, fans and, and, and John Calipari at Kentucky and guys that have had a ton of success but continue to, to flame out in these tournaments. But how about Painter specifically losing to double-digit seeds three straight times now in the tournament you know, they're not going to fire the guy, but there's got to be some heat on him right now, right? I'm going to ask you a trivia question. All right. Where was Matt Painter a head
10: coach before he was the head coach at Purdue?
2: Now, i I don't know that, but thanks to Shirley Rhodes, I know that he was an assistant at Barton College at one go. point yeah, in time. It was,
10: yeah, Barton. He was. he was the head coach. I thought he was the head coach, but he could maybe be assistant. Okay. Uh, Shirley knows, so I'm that's good. Head that's head good. Head that's good. Yeah. But, I was uh,
5: the I was the manager for the team when oh, he was there. So okay. he was an assistant. Coach.
10: Okay. I I've always thought that he was the head coach, but but that makes sense too. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Has has done a great job coaching there. And the tournament is such a crapshoot. Yeah. Tony Bennett has lost to five
2: double-digit seeds. Five double-digit seeds. 13, but, 14,
10: 16. But he has that one natty.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's something that Matt Painter doesn't have right now. How about, could, would the the blue uh, big blue nation ever get tired of calipari there enough to run him out you think uh, they, they yeah
10: they got a lot of money they don't have that much money <laughs> okay
6: <All right.
2: laughs>
10: now he may get tired of them being tired of him <laughs> the uh the there's my old uh, boss sonny smith said uh, they asked him why he quit
2: he said uh illness and fatigue the fans were sick and tired of me <laughs> i like that phrase fr- uh tired of them being tired of him if you write another book you can that can be the title uh coming off your successful first book Mag mccarthy joining us all right coach uh you are heading off to dallas what's it going to take for uh the hokies to to win one game against lsu and then beat big bad south carolina what do you think
10: yeah, you know, beating LSU will be a, a task in itself. LSU is such a great rebounding team. They average, you know, in, you know, in the high 20s on offensive rebounds. They're so athletic. Uh, like I said, they've only lost twice all year, once to South Carolina, once to Tennessee. Uh, the Hokies are going to have to rebound like crazy. They're only playing six people due to due to injuries and, and other reasons. But uh, playing only six people will eventually get you. Uh, and I don't know. It hasn't so far. Kenny Brooks has done a great job. I'm coaching that bunch, and they've got uh, – I know Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston are the big names, but I, Caitlin Clark has made 19 threes in this tournament. Uh, Georgia Amor for Virginia Tech has made 21
2: already. Wow. The record
10: is 22, so uh, they both may break the record before this thing is over.
2: Man, can we get them to help out some on the men's side? There's been some pretty brutal shooting. <laughs> Although the scoring is up a tick, but, man, early on, it was rough to watch offensively. Uh, in the tournament. Coach, uh, you will not be at Richmond this weekend because you will be in Texas, uh, but this is a fun part of the NASCAR schedule. you got Richmond, Bristol, Dirt Race, then Martinsville, and then Talladega. So great uh, great part of the nascar schedule here
10: yeah unless i win the lottery and then i'll fly in for richmond saturday night and then fly back for the championship game or whatever
2: this is not the night race though. this is the afternoon race isn't it richmond 3:30 uh and then you've got a, a sunday night race on the dirt you uh i asked you earlier are you heading to one of these races coming up or no
10: nah, we we were supposed to go to martinsville we have tickets for martinsville brian Medor and and crew will be t- going up there in okay. our stead but uh we've got a we've got a two and a half trip a two and a half week trip to italy coming up so oh, cool. uh,
2: so i'm gonna miss a couple races how about north wilkesboro in may I would would love to do that. That thing's been sold out forever. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough.
10: Maybe I can go cover it for Pirate Radio. Yeah,
2: we'll get you a credential. There you go. Wear that hat, and uh, they'll (laughs) let you right in. Coach, uh, great to see you. Thanks for hanging out, talking basketball with us. (laughs) Thank you all. Enjoyed it. Appreciate you. We'll uh, take a break. When we return, Big Hour 2. Molly will join us later on, but it is Jersey Mike's Day of Giving, and we'll tell you all about that when we return. Pirate Radio Live rolls on on a Tuesday. Back with you after this.
9: Julie.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show.
5: Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle, vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton for his sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock.
2: All right, back with you on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Molly going to join us in a little bit. Pirate baseball in action tonight against UNCW. We'll also talk some local baseball with the legendary RV. Ronald Vinson, J.H. Rose will join us coming up. In the five o'clock hour. Right now, joining me in the studio, got a packed house. LRB is here. What's, What's up, Clipper? LRB? How are Good you? To see you? Good to be here. Also joined by Wes Shepard and Rhonda James to talk about Jersey Mike's Day of Giving coming up on Wednesday, the 29th. So that's coming up tomorrow. And you can go all month long at your local Jersey Mike's and make a donation um, for the giving. But tomorrow, 100% of the sales. Uh, we'll go to a local charity, and here to talk about that is Wes Shepard and Rhonda James. And great to see you. Wes, good to hey, see you again. Hey, good see, to you see you for you. While, it's, been,
12: it's been a year, I think, maybe. Maybe more. I don't know. It's maybe just last, an annual tradition. Yeah. I know. Over and over and over again. I, I love it when I come in here. Every time I come in, the desk is changed or something. I was going to or say, or we had the old or, table last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, glad to be here. And today we brought Rhonda with us and Rhonda James from CMN. And, uh, yeah, We're excited about tomorrow. Wednesday, we open at 10 a.m. and from here from coast to coast we're open 10 9 wherever, wherever you're at but tomorrow here in Greenville in Eastern North Carolina we're opening at 10 a.m. and it's our biggest day of the year we'll do the most sales we'll make the biggest numbers I mean it's crazy what uh, what folks come in or you know our customers and people that hear about us for the first time and come in and open their wallets up and give but why it's such a big day and why I'm ex- so excited about all of the money that we bring in and being the busiest day it's like uh, you know we're not profiting from this it's not like we're putting it in our pocket 100% of it goes to the children's miracle network here in east carolina not 100 percent of the profit or you know this percentage with that percentage but every dollar whether you come in and spend five ten fifteen twenty hundred a thousand whatever it is it stays right here in eastern north carolina
7: yeah so just to reiterate that if you come in tomorrow you buy lunch and it it rings up nine dollars and then you pay for
12: it that nine dollars goes to uh the Children's Hospital right here in eastern North Carolina. Is that right, Wes? That is exactly right. Just like it has been for the last 14 years. And this year, it's, it's kind of special. I haven't never mentioned this number before uh, as long as we've been participating in it, which is 14 years. We had our biggest day yet back in 2021 where we did uh, thousand dollars in one day or that, or that uh, donation period. Um, that accumulated with the other years because it's just building, building up. Every 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 year has been bigger than uh, the last. We had a little dip in the COVID, but. Other than that, it's just been a, a just steady climb up, and so we have come close to six hundred thousand dollars at this point. So I'm going to put this new number out there. What our goal is, I don't know if we'll make it this year, but we're looking for a million dollars. We want to we want to hit that million dollar mark in total donations. And with our 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 customer base that comes in, that's been there. Some folks I see them I see them two or three times. Some of them five times a week. Those kinds those folks coming in, they're bringing in their buddies or friends or talking about it. Everybody's coming in. They're opening their wallets, up and hopefully they'll spend big tomorrow, and we can raise that number so that the money stays right here at the Children's Hospital in Greenville. And Rhonda, that's just uh, awesome news for you to hear because uh, I, I,
11: mean, I hope he meets that goal. <laughs> I know. So, so, so how,
7: how does this how, how does this Jersey Mike's Day uh, Day of Giving on Wednesday uh, help you guys out at the hospital? Well,
11: you know we love Jersey Mike's. I'm, I'm a number thirteen girl, um, so you know love love Jersey Mike's throughout the year, and um, the partnership that we have for them is incredible. You know, I don't know of a other organization that does what Jersey Mike's does when it comes to like their event tomorrow, a hundred percent of sales. That's that's pretty unheard of. Um, so we're very grateful, um, knowing that everybody in Eastern North Carolina tomorrow who's supporting Jersey Mike's is actually supporting um, the Children's Hospital. Um, you know, our Children's Hospital. Look at North Carolina. Look at I ninety five. East of I-95, we're the only children's hospital here in the east. And so when you look at that, um, we we serve a large area, a lot of children, um, and every single dollar that's raised for events through, like, Jersey Mike's is going to go directly to support the programs and services of Maynard Children's Hospital.
7: And what kind of uh, people does that help?
11: You know, so everybody from literally babies that you can fit into the palm of your hand um, through 18-, 19-year-olds, um, the Children's Hospital serves, serves kids up to teenagers, and so... 18 is kind of a fuzzy age for us because there may be a 21, 22, 23-year-old who had some type of a chronic condition as a child who hasn't transitioned over yet to that adult care provider um, and down to our premature infants. So, again, um, looking at our service area, we've got um, babies who are born all throughout eastern North Carolina prematurely. We have one of the largest ne- neonatal intensive care units in the state um, with 70 Two beds, um, and so um, those dollars go to support whether it be life saving pieces of equipment to diversionary items. Every single dollar is going to support those kids.
2: And Wes, the numbers you were given earlier—the six hundred thousand to million—that was just here locally, correct? Okay. So I'm seeing last year record breaking twenty million dollars total uh, nationwide. Uh, Sixty-seven million dollars for local charities since 2011 nationwide, and that that number you were given was just here locally. It that's shows correct. How big of an impact it can be?
12: Yeah, that that's 17 stores that are in our local group. We added another one, we believe, in Wilson uh, since that you know since we started adding, and so as we add more stores uh, in Eastern North Carolina, different franchisees. I'm not the only one. I wish I was, but we've got great partners and uh, other franchisees here in the area. But there's 17 stores. I don't want to add. I don't want to out all the uh, towns but i'm going to try we have winterville greenville washington havelock moorhead city newburn rocky mount Roanoke rapids wilson goldsboro Tarboro, jacksonville have i missed any but there's multiple stores in these towns so uh those are the towns that are part of this specific mm-hmm. charity tomorrow and the whole month of of march and you know this is the first time that Rhonda's come here and, and spoken with us but i want to say thank you for all that because i knew some of that stuff that she was talking about but wow that's a lot that's a tremendous amount of uh different services and and equipment that and i couldn't ramble off like you did but these dollars are are going to buy those services and equipment and i think it's just fantastic and she does a lot better job of describing that end (laughs) of it than i do i can talk about what we're raising and and how excited we are in our stores and have our customers come back and family members come back in and help us out but you know hearing her talk about that that just pumps me up even more
7: i think just what a win-win day it's going to be in eastern north carolina if you go to jersey mike's i mean you get a great sandwich a gr- for yeah. lunch or dinner and yeah. then uh, you also get to support uh, the, the hospital here locally so it's I fantastic mean, it, it's, it's a great partnership for for everyone that participates on wednesday I wish
11: they served breakfast <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 10
7: a.m <what laughs> 10 a.m you know yeah. start breakfast yeah. at 10 a.m go back well, at 2 p.m I'm, I'm planning yeah. to
11: have multiple meals tomorrow at, Jer- at jersey mike's you and me but, both yeah um it's one of those things again you know 100 of the sales and you know as Anybody who's who's listening to me know that when they go into Jersey Mike's tomorrow, and those who've been supporting us throughout the month—I mean, this was a whole month of activity—it just culminates tomorrow. But when you go into Jersey Mike's tomorrow, um, know that your your dollars are going to go right here to our hospital. And we know we encourage people obviously to go to Jersey Mike's tomorrow, um, but we hope they go to Jersey Mike's the other 364 days a year too. well right, I, so You
7: guys I'm, have been doing give uh, help all month during. Well, the we
11: month. have.
12: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, we we started with uh one three five dollar donations we have cash boxes in there to drop cash in um you don't just have to stop you could do multiple uh, of those increments denominations as far as uh uh, donations anytime this month it's not just on wednesday but after you couldn't make it in wednesday come in on thursday or whenever until the end of the month um where for lunch or dinner and you know you can still donate and, and those donations that are collected will go 100 percent of the donations will go into uh, the children's Mir- miracle network and uh, james and connie maynard Hosp- children's hospital but uh, not 100 percent, but just what you give in donations uh before and after the day of giving but the day of giving tomorrow starts at 10 a.m and we'll roll till 9 some stores are 10 p.m 100 percent of the sales that come in or the you know if you come in and spend x amount of dollars hundred thousand whatever you want to do and feed the, feed the whole office possibly all of it stays right here in eastern north carolina and you know i don't i have been doing this for you know i guess it's been 14 years now that we've been doing it and, yeah
11: our local jersey mics actually started before this became a corporate wide
12: jersey yeah, mics yeah, exactly thank you but yep. um Anyway, um we're I, got, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> with that. You've been doing it 14 years. Yeah, exactly. been doing, you were
7: a trendsetter before the, the yeah,
12: corporate jumped just, on. It's amazing how, how it's grown uh, each year. You know, how each year you can you can look at, if you put it on a graph, how, how, big, how much bigger it was. I know what I was going to say. I wanted to thank my other um, franchisees in the area that are not able to come in today and speak and thank everybody. But, you know, the folks in all those towns that I just said, I don't, I'm not in every one of those towns. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm in maybe less than half of those uh, that. Those franchises, those towns, but I represent all of the group when I when I come in here, and they can't make it because they're getting ready to. Right, they're getting ready right now for tomorrow and getting their teams ready and prepping and all this extra bread and stuff. And we're expecting uh, our largest day yet was back in 2021 where we did uh, almost 130 thousand dollars in one day. Um, so we're predicting, you know, 20, 30 percent higher than that, maybe more. Uh, a lot of times we get surprised and we we, you know, we, we predict it's going to be X, X amount, percentage higher. But then we get into it and we crank it out, you know, like, like way back during the COVID, I remember... Uh, Peter Cancro, who started or who bought the franchise as a, uh, wasn't a franchise, it was a, just a restaurant I bought it at age 17. He came up with this idea right when we were getting the COVID thing rolling and it was not real fun and it was crazy. And he put out this 50 percent uh, half off day, you know, and everybody, even though it was COVID and we, people were really afraid and why they weren't afraid that day. They all came right. in and were, you know, everybody was thinking they're going to catch COVID or whatnot but they didn't everybody what they got was a half off sandwich and it was a crazy day and we used that money uh for charity as well across the coast on that particular day but um it was just fantastic you know what what i've seen happen over uh well since we've gotten into it but but really since we've partnered up with the children's miracle network it's been fantastic and I want to keep on you know keep on keeping on
7: Hey, Rhonda we were talking uh, before we came in the studio uh, I mean you had some stories of just particular children that, yeah. that that's impactful maybe you can share one that that would help uh, resonate with the audience
11: yeah so you know when I talk about the children's hospital what I want to reiterate is you know It's all of Eastern North Carolina. So we have, um, I'll share the story of a little boy from Tarboro. He was born premature. His name's Waylon. He's awesome. Um, But he was born premature, had lots of complications um, in his little life. Um, He ended up having a stroke. Um, He ended up going on ECMO, which is, don't ask me to tell you what that stands for, but basically it's heart-lung bypass. Um, So here's this child literally that could fit in the palm of your hand that's going on heart-lung bypass. Um, Waylon... Um, Again, lives in the Tarborough area and today is six years old and doing great. Um, His family, um, we see them, you know, we see them a lot. Um, Children come into our hospital with cancer. Um, children come into our hospital with, you know, we're coming up on the summer season, um, ATV accidents. I mean, here in eastern North Carolina, shark attacks? Who would have thought? But, but, you know, these are things that happen. And you have a healthy child today. There's no promise that your child's going to be healthy tomorrow. And so these dollars really help to make sure that we've got the equipment that's needed to um, to save a life and to improve a life, you know, what we were talking about before we came on air is, obviously, life-saving pieces of equipment and things like that are important. We, we need those, obviously. Um, but sometimes it's the things that you wouldn't think about. Um, so we were talking a little bit um, about um, our NICU. And so we have these special cameras; they're called Nick View. And so, for those families, maybe it's a military mom who's down in Jacksonville, and her husband's deployed overseas, and her family may live on the west coast. And this mom is here with other children. Um, we have these special cameras called Nick View that she can put that we um, can put on those babies' cribs, their little isolates. And from her cell phone, that mama is able to see her baby. Mama wakes up up in the middle of the night she can look at her baby see her baby breathing see her baby's doing great Um, so the mental health as we were talking about for that is incredible Um, things like um, we have a really special program it's called beads of courage and so that is for our children who have cancer and so for a child who has cancer you know they come in they've been diagnosed they've heard the word cancer and they know that's not good, but they don't know what it means. And so how do you explain to a three, four, five year old child that um, has cancer and what they're getting ready to go through, the chemotherapies, the the, the the treatments? So we have a special program. It's called Beads of Courage. And so for every bone marrow aspiration, you know, for each, each infusion, when they lose their hair, there's a special color bead or a special bead for that. Um, You'll see children walking around the children's hospital with three, four strands of these beads around their necks. That's how they're able to tell the story of what they've been through. And at the end, when they ring that bell and they're over, they get a purple heart because they've been to war with cancer. These are the types of things that these dollars help to purchase. Life-saving pieces of equipment to things that just mean so much to our families and our children.
7: Just going to be an awesome uh, Wednesday. Thank you guys for, for coming for on and just us. sharing the story. Wes, thanks for what you do. 14th year of doing this day again. But how
12: long with Jersey Mike's? When you started Jersey Mike's um, here in Greville? Well, I, that'd be telling on my age. But <laughs> <laughs> You're just a young man. Yeah, this April 15th will be 29 years when we opened the first store oh. on Arlington, um, which was the number 26 store in the country. And now they're pushing 3,000 units now. And we're in Canada and um, Canada australia and hawaii and i think i heard at the last meeting that they're getting ready to close alaska out meaning that they're getting ready to open alaska i think that's where it was and close out the united states for the 50 states that jersey mike's is in now Uh, that's going to be happening i think this spring sometime they'll open the 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 50th state so it was really cool um to watch this because north carolina was the third state to open up we didn't get the first or second unfortunately but uh i think number 26 is pretty cool And I still have the store open on Arlington. Um, It was like our flagship. It might be a little slower than it was because we put some others around it. But uh, speaking of slow, tomorrow, um it's going to be busy tomorrow you know so if you come in uh, anybody hearing this listening to this right now uh customers or new folks that want to come in and donate for the first time expect it to be a little bit busier than normal but you know come in keep your mind open your wallet open big you know buy big and just be prepared that it may be a little bit longer in line than normal or sh- the app or the app thank you ronnie you yeah or order on the app jerseymikes.com and uh thank you for that and uh <laughs> Yeah that may that may speed it up hopefully mm-hmm. it should Lots of options to get Well Jersey there mics. there are a lot of options and if the phone's not if we're not picking up the phone it's just because we're so overwhelmed with it right. and that means just come on in at that point but uh Yeah just yeah. show the
11: workers some grace and know that what they're doing is making a difference in potentially your kid
12: yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so come on in tomorrow. We open at tomorrow, Wednesday the 29th. We open at 10 a.m. We'll be open till 9 in and, and most of our stores in eastern North Carolina. There's a few stores. I think maybe Goldsboro's open till 10, but basically 9 to uh, 10 to 9. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be crazy busy if you can't make it in tomorrow for some reason come in between now and the end of the month and buy a sandwich and you know maybe donate a little bit right then and there because your donation 100 percent of that goes to the local children's hospital here in eastern north carolina
2: it is Wednesday, March 29th, day of giving, 100% of the sales uh, going to the local children's hospital, West Shepherd, Rhonda James. Danny DeVito couldn't make it in. <laughs> he, said, uh, he, he
12: said he was sorry. He he's called making Danny, bread. He said, I, I, yeah, he's making bread right, <laughs> right. He he him That's him a good way. Is he going to be at the Arlington Boulevard <laughs> <little> <laughs> store Danny, Danny DeVito is going to be touring all of the stores that I named earlier and all those towns and marks that yeah. come see him. No, if you don't I'm see joking. him, it's, he's too short. <laughs> he just, thing, he's too short. Yeah. He's yeah. behind the he meat it. case. Yep, yeah.
2: There you go. Uh, great to see y'all. you all. Enjoyed it. Ellerby, uh, we'll see you Thursday. I'll be back on Thursday. Good deal. Right. Thank you. And uh, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Molly going to join us, talk some pirate baseball and more as we roll on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this.
1: listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by first bank together with our customers we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive visit the first bank location on arlington boulevard in greenville for all your personal and business banking needs now back to the show
5: welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear the official sportswear provider of pirate radio now let's head back in to prl here is clip rock
2: back with you pirate radio Live. shirley rhodes chandler honeycutt 2023 pirate radio march madness bracket contest champion clip rock and Mike Mullis joining us yeah. here. Hello, C- Mullis. C- uh, congratulations. I saw uh,
3: you had the nets around your neck. That's, yes, sir. That's good. The uh, the skinniest
2: fat guy. The tallest short person.
3: You know, what's interesting is that it made me think, it took me back to the master's pool uh, that you guys threw a couple years back. Or maybe it was last year.
2: I was thinking about when that. I, when I won it going away, but you guys found a way that... Now, don't be Jenny here. We well, have rules we have rules going but, into these things well you know we got the masters coming up now i know and you have split apart and formed your own pool or at least you you you're not in ours anymore well uh, you know i can make a comeback I, <laughs> I think it's time i think it's time to crank that back up uh we will not be having a uh, troy d kentucky derby pool this year that one, really went south. No, that was bad. <laughs> we have had a bad run of pools here at Pirate Radio. What, what's kind of interesting
3: is when when there's a pool created at Pirate Radio, there normally is some type of like bizarre outcome. Yeah, not just with the pool, but with with the tournament, with the results. Yeah, yeah. I say that I, I pretty well walked away with the Masters deal. Like I was the only one that had my whole club make the cut okay but well, anyway I, we again this, I need to, okay i
2: didn't mean to open it up uh, an old wound <laughs> and uh i just want to be in a pool with you this year whether you run it whoa as my boys would say balls 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 is something different balls of course you get me in a pool molly that's what i'm saying balls. <laughs> yeah, i mean the last thing i really want to do is be in a pool clip rock We could have fun, man, playing basketball. maybe some swimmies or something. Throw the football around a little bit. What do you think, Chandler? You all right in there? I I,
4: I took that the same way as uh, he did. Just imagine you two in a pool. I want to be in a pool with you this summer.
2: That's a couple of guys in a pool. Ain't nothing wrong with it, folks. Nothing wrong with it. Pauls. Mully, ain't nothing wrong with pirate baseball. No. Right now. No, i tell you what. They, um, that pitching staff has really –
3: you know, I, going into the season, I was a little skeptical about the ability to throw strikes. And, again, I don't think Trey Savage has to throw strikes to get swings and misses, man. That breaking ball, they, they, have, they have really, really um, accelerated. I mean, they're just way above really what I thought they would be going in. Savage has made a leap. Josh Groves has made yeah, a leap. Yeah, and Yasavich's leap seemed to be concurrent with him going to the Friday night spot. Like, he was okay, you know, but but he goes that front. I think he loves that spot. But, yeah, Groves has just been lights out. And Spivey, so, you just trust
2: up there, right? Spive,
3: yeah, you go, well, you know, you get, he's the guy you roll out. You go, he gives a chance to win every time he goes out. Yeah. You know, he's going to compete. He's going to be in the zone. And then I think, you know, the stuff you're getting out of the bullpen and obviously, you know, the little lefty and, uh, you know, Lungsford and Sheetman's been really, really good out of
2: the pen. I, it's... It is it is a very, very good pitching style. Landon Ginn added to the mix last week. Yeah, that's again, throwing that inter- Interestingly guess. enough, yeah. Your, um, sa-
4: your Savage is making like opponents look so undisciplined with them chasing balls in the dirt and stuff like that. You were talking about his breaking ball being one of yeah, the best Yeah,
3: I, I, I mean, look, like I said, I if if he was just throwing that in a bullpen and you're charting balls and strikes, I don't know how many of them are like, legit caught strikes, mm. but it doesn't matter. I mean, he's got a hit up there, and it looks – so good and it comes out of the same spot Uh, you know and and, and again he can back it up with good velocity he kind of works the top half of the zone which makes the bottom
2: half of the zone that much more susceptible so I mean yeah it's it's I mean it's been really impressive and it just gets magnified when you play these opposing teams it has in the past in our league but just this past weekend with George Mason on I think it was Saturday Mully they go Walk, hit by pitch, coaches visit, hit by pitch, pitching change, walk, walk. And it's like you get somebody in here to throw a strike. Right. And and that is a luxury we have that a lot of teams don't. You kind of forget about it until you see these other teams we're facing. Well, and it's, you know, a lot more traditional than what we saw last year, the way that
3: yep. uh, the staff had to manage the staff, the coaching staff managing the pitching staff. Uh, so, yeah, man, it, it's been great to see. i, I tell you the other It seemed to me McChrystal kind of breathed a little life back into that lineup. Not that they were flat. I mean, you still had guys that were wearing it out, but um, interestingly enough, you roll him in and, you know, I I saw him in the fall, man. You couldn't get him out. I mean, he just could not get out, so he's kind of carried that over, and it's good to see that, you know, they're Uh, They're definitely playing well. I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, kind of as the conference gets going and then we see, you know, the states of the world midweek, Wilmington tonight, uh, when we start seeing, you know, that caliber of competition. Obviously, Campbell and, you know, everybody in Greenville has the uh, Campbell always throws their ace kind of thing. But Campbell's rolling pretty well, too. And, you know, they're looking towards the postseason already. Uh, they like their their conference. They like their position in the conference. Uh, you know, they, they and they have legit arms. Uh, you got to remember, last year Campbell had two kids picked it really, really high in the draft. So, um, yeah, I mean it, that that caliber of competition is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, East Carolina play, and, and tonight I think we'll get a little taste of that. Uh, Wilmington not exactly where they want to be. I think they won two out of three against Stony Brook this past weekend. Uh, but, you know, they're always scrappy, always play us tough. Uh, and, you know, the, the the challenges that we've had is when the pitching wasn't quite as good when we gave up free passes uh, both in midweek games. So uh, tonight should
2: be a lot of fun. Campbell, I, I didn't notice it until talking to Chris Haymeyer last week. They are East Carolina five whatever years ago where they're right now, they're they're right knocking on the door of hosting a regional but their conference is very winnable like you said they like that their midweek is set up just like ECU's with with big time in-state opponents uh big time RPI games and it's almost mirror images of these schools right now and and, the, and I think the conferences
3: are very similar I, I don't you know the, the AAC is not far removed uh from where what they sunbelt they're in the, the Campbell's in the sunbelt is that correct I think it's right but uh, th- th- these conferences parallel, and maybe it's not the Sunbelt Clip. Anyway, exactly. they're still in the Big South, and the they're South. moving to the CAA. CAA, there you go. So, uh, th- you're right. They, they, they have to get these midweek wins. Uh, there's an emphasis placed on that uh, for them to get the RPI to have the chance to host. And uh, we have
2: to get them to, sure. if we want to get in back in that top eight, right?
3: Sure. Well, and you, you, know, you, you look last year, there was a ranking we saw somewhere late in the season that had – the AAC is like the seventh conference in the country. So it's not, you know, it, 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 you used to feel like with, you know, some of the teams that have come through the conference that have had tremendous success, the Wichita States of the world, Houston, different, different teams at different times, that, that, that there was more name recognition than maybe was actually, you know, credible for what the the product on the field was.
2: And uh, credit to Cliff, and I don't know if he deserves credit for this, but, this weekend, ECU won, and they jumped up in some polls, lost points in the RPI after beating George Mason. But like that game Sunday, they move it up and instead of maybe just wiping it clean. And we've seen a lot of schools do this, right? Mully say, This is not going to help us one way or the other. RPI, let's just fold on this one. Cliff wants to play baseball. Let's play ball. They even sat and waited a little while after the delay on Sunday to see if they could get it in. They found out it's going to keep on raining. But I, credit to him not taking that, you know, that RPI bonus, I guess. Well, and if you know anything about
3: Cliff, that's not, you know, that's not his deal. That yeah. staff, that would be so counter cultural uh, to what he's all about. So, no, he. I mean, he wants to play, and you know, wants to try to get it in. You know, what he he wants the fans. The fans, you know, make plans to be out there, and he wants them to have that
2: opportunity. So, uh, yeah, good for him. How about Saturday, eighth, ninth all-time biggest crowd home game against George Mason? And I, I thought about this. I go to just about every basketball game. I love going, and no matter who ECU's playing, but we see it in football too that the biggest crowds are for state, Carolina games. For ECU baseball, they are there to watch ECU baseball, no matter who the opponent is. That is so refreshing. That is so awesome to see. I hope we can get to a level of winning one day in football and basketball where fans are doing the same thing, showing up no matter who the opponent is. I'll be honest with you.
3: I really thought Saturday night that would have been an awesome doubleheader with the way the weather was Saturday you had that crowd so saturday people there saturday day one you know game one you just see it roll over into game two and it would have been uh you know would have been a party but you know
2: decision made as it was and, and you're right kudos to uh the, you know the pirates for for keeping that game on schedule all right let's hear some stats from johnny stats we take him at his word on these He's he's been good to us um, stat to consider he's had a few flubs but i think he's bounced back pretty strong Johnny Robertson says during the last 14 games, and I brought up the conversation starting with the, the starting pitching. Mully gave the bullpen credit. This is a bullpen stat. He says the Pirates have only allowed one run after the seventh inning in the last 14 games Missouri State game three. Okay. I, yeah. That, that's a, go with it. Yeah. Go. That's a great stat. Wide Lunsford Shankman has now thrown 17 consecutive scoreless innings no runs, two hits, no walks, 19 Ks. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is Rollade's Reliever of the and Year material. That's right. So, uh, Johnny Stats, thank you for those. And just amplifies and magnifies what we're talking about with this fantastic Pirate pitching so far. Mully, uh, you knew this. You know the rules. Um, I was going to say, did you know you could get ejected after a game at ended Yeah. yeah I that guess was, you did. Yeah, Yes, I mean. interesting. Mully, in all your baseball years, player-coach, how many times were you ejected? Oh, gosh.
3: Uh, never as a player and just a couple, a handful of times as a coach. Did probably you do it four. on
2: purpose? Um, you know what I'm saying? It seems yeah, like no, a lot of coaches. I, 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 there
3: was one. I did it in defense of the – because I was an assistant. At that point, I did it in defense of the head guy, so he didn't get ejected. Turns out he gets ejected later. That um, <laughs> was all for naught. W- w- which was an interesting deal because then the next day we had to play a doubleheader, and both of us had to serve a suspension. So I set one game, and, and, and he set one. Um you know, I, I will tell you my, my probably my I, I got ejected in the American Legion state playoffs. We were playing at North North Pitt, excuse me, playing uh, Wayne County. They were really really good, uh, and it was a, quite a battle. And uh, anyway, we, we had bases loaded, critical point in the game. I still remember the umpire's name, and he he went. You know, we we were like three and oh. he, Anyway, He anyway caused three bad strikes, at least in my opinion. And and the hitter at the plate was a good hitter, and. Anyway, so I kind of make a comment, raise my hand, and I, I get ejected. Uh, he was probably quick trigger, uh, but I walk out of the gate, and there are two, like, 8-, 9-, 10-year-olds kind of right by the gate, and they were really close to the field. And they were kids that had, you know, come to Triple Crown and whatever, and, and, and that was a little bit of uh, a moment of yeah. remorse that I had – you know, we, we 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 you know we preach sportsmanship, doing things right way, blah blah blah. And here's uh, Coach Molly, uh, kind of letting the umpire hold it. But
2: and we talked to Josh Moylan yesterday. He said what I expected him to say. Heat of the moment, wasn't happy, shouldn't have done it, but he did it. He served, and he served a pretty hearty uh, punishment for it. two games. Uh, he had to sit out. Well,
3: in my understanding on that is actually it's kind of like Cliff deal. The first day that they both set was. The actually the ejection day because there was no more game to play, and then his second game was the player penalty for being ejected. If, so, if
2: he was ejected five during, minutes earlier, correct. he'd, have had, one he'd have had one game that's yeah. right. And uh, and Cliff out on uh Friday as well as East Carolina was able to win, had Kobe Bortles at first, Palumbo at third, and uh, uh Jacob Jenkins Coward said, and and Mullen said it was uh, the signal, the signs are coming in a little different, said that Palumbo. Instead of going uh, like two two one like Cliff was likes to do the two sideways, oh, okay, mix it up a little bit, <laughs> keep them guessing. I uh, like I, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just that's
3: his uh, that's his flair. That's his that's his his way of throwing the signs.
2: A lot of times, those things kind of rally a team. I guess after a game that you lose, it didn't rally in much, but.
3: But no, and I, you know, I've had people ask my opinion on that, and and quite frankly, it's 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 a, it is truly one of those decisions that's made at that time. Cliff's always going to default and look out for his guys. Sure. Boylan uh, is not a guy that you would expect to have a um, a real emotional outburst, right. so I'm sure that had something to do with it. Quite frankly, a a better umpire, in my opinion just turns his back and walks off the field. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the clip. I'm sure you have with the Phillies game with yeah. Real Muto and the umpire drops the ball and, you know, the whole deal and, and then tosses Real Muto and it's like, you know, come on.
2: Real, Real Muto moved his glove, his catcher's mitt, as the ump was placing a ball in there and the ump thought he was showing him up or something. Well, and,
3: and so also the last time a ball had to be put, in back, put back in play, the umpire threw it to the pitcher so he had no idea anyway it it, it, it that's it, it was a young umpire apparently a AAA guy uh probably just ended any chance he had of making it to the big leagues uh, at least this year at least early in the year uh but yeah I, I mean it's <laughs> he's you know, like hey last week of spring training I gotta hey you know what gotta, we're hey,
2: trigger finger we're
3: talking we're talking about him so I mean yeah. maybe you know maybe it was part of a bigger plan
2: Molly, I just got an awesome uh follow on Twitter how yeah. about this uh Tom Barringer. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, unfortunately, it's not the same spelling. As one of my all-time favorite uh, characters in a sports movie, yeah. Jake Taylor yeah. from Major League. Yeah. Um, not the guy that I thought it was.
3: Jake Taylor spent a little time in the Mexican League before getting called back up to, uh,
2: to the big leagues with the Indians. Ultimate team player. Had the swinging bunt to win it. Yeah, the, the busted uh, knees. The tribe. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. Can you hang out one more second. Sure. All right, we'll uh, come back more with Mully. We'll talk more baseball, MLB opening day on Thursday. You've also got uh, hoops going on, some football to discuss. We'll talk about it all with Mike Mullis. Masters coming up as well. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show.
5: Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 62,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip Rock.
2: All right, Shirley, uh, jamming that V-O-B. <laughs> that, uh, this is three young women from uh it's, it's called voice of bachet prat they formed in garut which is in indonesia and they do uh rock metal covers and i guess their own stuff but uh vob three like teenage girls just jamming out i really
3: thought it was kid rock on some type of alternate speed
13: <laughs> like kid speed, rock on spe- helium speed
2: of play or something Yes. Yeah. So there you go. It's very. Thanks for jamming that. Kid Rockish. On today's show. All right. uh, Mully, we are here talking about third base and Beastie Boys during the break. Yep. Um, Let's see. What do we got going on? NCAA tournament. So, Mully, this tournament has been great, but, and Coach Mack brought this up, and I, I know what he's getting at, and I tend, I get it. Would you rather watch this year's Final Four with all the craziness with FAU and San Diego State and UConn and Miami, or would you rather see, say, last year's Final Four with Carolina, Duke, Villanova, Kansas? What is your answer to that?
3: I think it's more intriguing if you split the field and have half and half. To where you have the Cinderellas and then a couple blue bloods, where you could potentially have that type of matchup.
2: Maybe even one Cinderella with three blue bloods or something. I mean, at least, yeah, at least. But th- this is kind of like it's it's I don't know. Is UConn not enough of a blue blood for you? And that's what's
3: funny. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they've obviously the the you know their history speaks for itself.
2: But they, do they feel like a blue blood to you? No, and maybe it's because the years they've won their tournaments most recently, they have not been a one seed or anything. It was a great run by Kimball Walker one year. Yep. It was a great run by Shabazz Napier uh, the other year. Now, when they had Richard Hamilton and won that championship and won with Emeka Okafor, those were really good teams. But uh, these recent championships they won, and they weren't. They were bad final games was it against Butler one year and it was like 54 to 48 or something so I don't know I don't either I
3: it's we'll tell you how sexy this is when it's over are you gonna watch oh yeah yeah yeah. gotta watch I mean I and I will not like be locked it'll be flipping
2: and uh, you know but yes I will certainly watch I I mean I I don't like when people say enjoy these upsets now it's going to lead to some some terrible matchups later because I, the upsets is why I like the tournament. Well, and what what it doesn't feel
3: like is that there's any upset possibilities left. Although there's FAU. a nine, although there's a nine and a five or right. nine and a four, but that still doesn't feel like UConn's been beating everybody by twenty five. I feel like if they get beat at this point, no, I be think they're upset. the best team left. Yeah. But I mean, it's it, it's like if a five beats a one, that doesn't feel like an upset. If a, you know, if a nine beats a five, that doesn't feel like an upset. It's I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's just it's kind of the perception. I don't know.
2: I uh, got RV coming up in about ten minutes, so stick around for that. Love talking to RV this time of year. We'll talk about uh, his thoughts on the pitch clock, and that has not trickled down into high school. Although there's no need for it, right? In high school, I mean. Do you need to I mean, improve there, the there, pace? There,
3: there could be there, the the argument probably could be made. Um, I tell you what, it, it will have a trickle down effect, though. It just just like anything else. And I tell you again, uh, right now, Max Scherzer and Zach Greinke stand out as the masters of the manip- you know the manipulation of this rule where they're uh, quick pitching or freezing guys or doing whatever. Uh, and I think you'll see that you know kind of trickle down. It looked for years. They've tried to enforce the one-foot stay in the batter's box the whole time for the hitter. I mean, there have been efforts to try to speed it up. I just – and quite frankly, I don't know if you can ask a high school-level umpire and crew running two two people. Yeah. I don't know if you can ask them to officiate that.
2: Uh, Did you see uh, Nestor Cortez – I think it was today, Molly. Uh, Did you see him – so he quick-pitched, and then – watch what he did on his next one so he's called for a quick pitch there did you see that mm-hmm. Yep. a little quick uh the ump calls him for it so then this is what he does on his uh his next one he goes up he's in his wind up he go, well he's still wind, he's still rocking on the mound waiting and then throws it and, and <laughs> i mean that's what, and the ump didn't say anything about that yeah and and how's that a legal pitch how, if, the,
3: if the quick pitch is an illegal pitch, how is that a legal pitch? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Um, but, the, that, I mean, that that's, you know, today. anytime you put a new rule in, whether it's a good rule, bad
2: rule, whatever, it's all about everybody trying to figure out how to manipulate that rule. So, I guess now, if he wants to go into that long, drawn-out wind-up, as long as he starts it by the certain time. That's right, the 18th second or they whatever they can do it, it every once, yeah. I guess. Right. Um, opening day coming up on Thursday, Molly. You going to give MLB a chance this year? I mean, opening day is always a cool thing, and I'll you know. And they everybody's playing right, and it, it and I, I you know it's
3: that's always a, a good deal. It's it, yeah, I'm, I know I'll watch games. I mean, but you know, not, just not it's just not nearly the passion it was at one point. And look, I watched uh, on uh, Netflix right now. I think it was Netflix, might have been Prime. There's a Reggie Jackson uh, kind of biopic kind of deal, but it's him. Uh, but it, it's you know I watched some of that last night and you know again it just takes you back to when that was the game that you you know that I grew up with the game that I fell in love with and it's it's just a, a way different game. I
2: liked Reggie Jackson until he tried to kill the Queen that, went, that one. Oh time. yeah, and uh, what was that? Lethal what?
3: No, and uh, uh, oh gosh, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, gosh, yeah. what was it? The Priscilla yeah. Presley. It was yeah, Naked Gun,
2: two that was the first one i was just trying to throw something out. in fact it was uh naked gun naked gun two and a half and naked gun 33 and a third thank you shirley yep i love those movies i love leslie Nielsen. you know what's uh, they're brainless terrible though those movies molly they're they're consumable
3: but they're certainly not great movies man this is an all-time molly moment here
2: no i mean they're, they're, if it's they're all hilarious
3: well, okay what were you getting ready to say you were going to say something else this
2: is uh I, there's uh, movies out there that i haven't seen that i am embarrassed about and i love the naked gun franchise i've never seen airplane start it's finished. the same movie i know i yeah. mean it, but I, I you know airplane started the whole deal yeah that was uh a precursor all right so surely you knew that <laughs> and I, don't call me I, I know what you're getting at with that one and that is to me, that is hilarious, mom. Right. Well you just see yeah, how funny I can't that? stop. Laughing. I mean, really. <laughs> All right. Um here's one thing that uh is gonna bum me out for baseball. Braves Nationals opening day. First game to get underway and I won't be able to watch it. Why not? The blackout stuff. Oh, that's right. Nationals. Oh sorry, bud. We'll talk O's baseball with Mark Brown, Camden Chat. They open up in Boston, anxious to see how the overachieving O's from 22 look in 23. Now they got a little expectations on them. So speaking of the O's, and this is, has
3: nothing to do with this year's team, but just hit kind of hit my head, did you realize or did you know that
2: Reggie Jackson actually played for the Baltimore Orioles for a brief period of time? I'm sure I've asked this trivia question before, but I did not retain the knowledge, no. he I was, in And it was not at
3: the end of his career. It was in the middle of the career. It was as they allowed free agency and he was picked up by Baltimore uh and finished out the season but would not sign a contract. It, it I, I'm telling you this documentary is pretty uh, pretty interesting and it just shows you how much different the business of baseball is now like when they're uh when Reggie's fighting to get 45,000 bucks. Now, you know, that was in the,
2: <laughs> that was in the late 70s. So was he a jerk? Was he misunderstood? I, 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 both <sighs> I, you know, you only take
3: away the way th- this thing was portrayed, and he had, you know, directing credits. Oh, okay. So I. So he, everybody else was a jerk. He very he very much was a champion uh, for you know improvement in racial balance. Um, a lot of great things he did, but yeah, I think he. It's kind of funny, like Deion Sanders. You would I would compare them on the field, similar bravado, right? But Deion was like, no, listen. Prime was who was on the field. I'm Dion off the field. R- Reggie seemed to just kind of be like, kind of Reggie. All the time.
2: Charles Barkley. Um, no,
3: I think I think I think Reggie stood for a little more than Barkley. Okay, and it was a different time too. You got to remember, man. Segregation was everywhere, and he's, you know, he's dealing with that. And you know, and and, and baseball, you know, kind of has a, again, if you watch the movie Forty Two or just any any documentaries as it relates to the game, you'll see. You know how how much that affected the the early days of of the integration of the game, but um, I it, it's interesting, it's worth watching. It I I literally think I may go back and watch it again, or at least parts of it, well, just you know, just because it, it it did leave you going, man. I don't know if I like this guy or not.
2: Yeah, I had, had not heard of it. I'll check it out. That's pretty cool. Um, can anybody beat the Astros in the AL? And that'll be the Mariners in their own division. Somebody from the central one of those teams from the east uh Baltimore I know. I, I don't know all right I mean I don't think so who's going to win the NL east God and if you say anybody other than the Braves, then you're just you well, I'm stupid um <laughs> I mean the Phillies God, they their lineup looks like they should and can, but I mean let's let's run down the east
3: or let's run down the NL. Braves, Phillies, Mets, Dodgers, Mets,
2: Padres, Padres Central, do be- you like anybody there? Brewers? Uh, Cardinals, always there. But I, I think when you go to that point, you're grasping to find – so it's those five teams. Three in the East, two in the West. And the Padres, we kind of scoffed at them – or, okay, I'll speak for myself. I scoffed at them before last year. It was like, all right, you've assembled all these pieces. Do something with it. Right. They finally did. Right. So –
3: I, you know I I just the NL is just and you know what's so funny how it's flipped the the NL is just so far so far so f- what am I trying to say so much better than the than the al uh and you re- I mean wasn't that far back it was the AL dominance of course a lot of that was the Yankees and the Red Sox and who knows what the Yankees do this year I mean you know that you can never count them out but um yeah I mean the NL just looks like it's uh, that's ultimately going to be your World Series championship come out of the NL
2: Kenny says our Tar Heel League took uh, all of us to Baltimore to see the Orioles play the Rangers. He said uh, that was back when Reggie was playing there. He said, great experience growing up. Cool. There you go. Mully, uh, what was your first major league ballpark you ever played? No, Fulton County. Me too. Yeah. And that was when, like, it was,
3: you know, nobody there and. You had you know the Murph man who will be in town, and <clears throat> you had Horner and Shambliss, and you know oh, like kind of that crowd.
2: I went and saw him play the Padres at the time, and they had Gwen, Sheffield, and McGriff. That was a good Padres lineup back then. Uh, and the Braves were good. That was early nineties. You know it's hard to remember that McGriff was a Padre. Yeah, I mean I only when I see him
3: I only see him in Toronto,
2: Blue Jay. Do you you don't remember him as a Brave at
3: all? I, I all i see is the slide i see the world series with griff
2: I he did that there too oh you know what i'm thinking about joe carter that's why i'm not yeah oh, okay okay <laughs> yeah. well unfortunately when i think of joe carter i think of him uh beating the, beating braves, the braves but also knocking out mitch wild thing Williams oh man yeah and the phillies all right molly uh you going to murph this weekend murph dale murphy Oh yeah, 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 yeah! You had me crossed up. I was still thinking How about, about the Murphy
3: Center. I was still thinking Murphy. About. About. That's what I was going about going. Is there a ball game or something that I don't know about? No, I'm probably going to go over to Clark and Clear this afternoon. I mean, I literally was trying to, you know, figure out where you were going. With that yeah, yeah. Of course. All right,
2: I'll see you there. I plan to be there. Sure, looking forward to that. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, man. Absolutely, Mike Mullis joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll take a break. Continue the baseball chat with RV, Ronald Vinson. He joins us next on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you Hour 3. More to go after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
5: Welcome back. Hey, Pirate Nation, Integrity Home Mortgage is here. If you're looking to purchase a home, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir today. The Integrity Home Mortgage Team offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service you deserve before, during, and after your real estate transaction. To get started, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, or Joanne Weir integrity home mortgage pirates supporting pirates now let's head back in to prl here is clip rock
2: all right back with you here on pirate radio live more pro day interviews coming up later on this hour we'll also have a giveaway for you but right now we will welcome on the legendary rv ronald vincent jh rosehead baseball coach the winningest high school baseball coach in the state of north carolina he joins us on the pirate radio live line coach I appreciate your time how you doing today
0: Doing good, doing good. Uh, nice day to play
2: ball. Absolutely. Uh, some nice weather here in eastern North Carolina. And Coach RV will be recognized coming up on Thursday. Uh, the city of Greenville going to recognize RV for his dedication to baseball and uh, all the wins and uh, all the success and, and really all the – the, uh the players you've had that have gone on to do great things coach and you've had a lot of these recognitions now for your success and i know you're a very humble man but uh you know gotta got to make you feel good to, to get a little recognition right
0: oh yeah yeah you know this thing about you know about the stadium and all that being, the field being named you know it's, it's really a great thing i it never crossed my mind for any of that to happen or anything but uh uh you know the recreation department has done it and uh i really feel honored
2: to be part of it yeah ronald rv vincent field at guy smith stadium and uh rv been a part of a lot of championships a lot of wins and and like i said the the relationships coach i just think about you know guys i've got to know like ryan meadows and, and clayton mccullough and 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 beyond guys that have gone into coaching guys that have gone into to other ventures in their life that uh that you've been a part of it's, it's really neat to see
0: and it really is, you know. That's one of the, one of the things about coaching, you know, you, you, and teaching and stuff. You know, these guys are seventeen and eighteen years old when you deal with them, and, and then you know they they really become something. And you know, uh, and help them along on their way is, is, is that's what that's what it's all about, really. Is and these kids, these kids become grown men, and like say Clayton and Ryan and for just two of them uh, on. The, you know what they've accomplished and that, that that's really what
2: makes coach proud And hey coach uh the most uh winningest coach in the state of north carolina in high school baseball and uh, did you ever think coach i'm sure you you had opportunities if you wanted to take them but to get into junior college college uh professional baseball minor league did you ever think of going uh and, and maybe trying at a different level
0: you know I, I did think of way back when you know i thought about it kind of interested in it but uh you know, the the, the big deal is, is was my family. When my you know, and, and I just didn't want to be gone that much. Yeah, as much as the college coaches have to be gone because I had my children and uh, and that was and it has always been just like everybody else. I was you know top of your list, and uh, uh, I thought about it a little bit, and then thought about all the times they'd always recruiting, always doing this, always you know got camps and stuff, and I said. You know, I think I'm just going to be happier right
2: where I am. So, smart enough to stay right where I am. Yes, sir, and uh, it it certainly paid off. Ronald Vincent joining us, Coach. I want to ask you about the pitch clock and some of the rule changes in Major League Baseball. But first, uh, have any has anything trickled down to the high school level? Any rule changes you're dealing with uh, this year? Uh,
0: Not, not really. That we're dealing with this year, there isn't. You know, there's supposed to be a 22nd, you know, thing, but. With two umpires, I don't know how anybody call it and it's, and it's really not an issue in high school much. Uh uh one of the, the you know, the length of the game is a big issue uh in every uh at every level. And uh so so but the you know, we're supposed to have a certain amount of time to get on and off the field and and uh we're supposed to have you know, between the last out and the next pitch is supposed to be a certain time, but invariably the catcher makes the last out. And <laughs> Or his own bases when he gets out and he's got to put his stuff on and that just right. you know, takes a little while. But, but uh, you know, speeding up the game is, is is a big deal and it should be a priority because it, baseball baseball needs needs to be moved. Out. It's a whole lot easier to watch when the game's flow. You know, you look at the college games this year uh, that we've seen, it's a whole lot easier to watch, isn't it? You, you're Absolutely. There, you know, a whole lot easier to
2: and even a three-hour game now, coach, feels like it goes by faster just because the the pace and there's more happening, and and it seems like I've talked to the players on Monday here on the show, both the pitchers and the hitters, uh, more so the pitchers, but even the hitters like it as well. There's a, a nice flow to the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's not so much dead time, and you know, and that that's. Uh, uh, I I agree with what the players are saying and what you're saying that uh, you know the efforts to speed up the game. These are some of the things they can do. And, you know, high school is not that big a deal. The pitchers and the hitters don't take that much time. And, and uh, it's only seven innings. And uh, because, as you well know, because you're out there, eighth and ninth innings can last forever.
2: <laughs> Especially on a Sunday when you run out of pitching and it's uh, it's <laughs> tough out there. <laughs> when you
0: run out of pitching. But well, who's next? I don't know. Let's get somebody out there.
2: I tell you what, though. On that note, Coach, how about the uh, the pitching of the Pirates this year? That that weekend rotation, and then what they've been able to do midweek with Garrett Sailor and, and Rooting those guys.
0: Yeah, you know, because that's always been East Carolina. We, we we've had three or four pitchers, but now now the staff appears to be much deeper, and we're getting people out. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, uh, that's a big deal for East Carolina getting that next line of pitchers because we we've, we've always had one or two. You play with anybody but now we seem to have five or six that are ready to play with anybody that's a big deal a big deal
2: yes sir talking to ronald vincent today on pirate radio live coach uh, how do you feel about the the shift and banning the shift <laughs> in major league baseball and, and do you use it do you see it in high school a lot uh some but not to the extent we don't we don't have the uh, uh information on those right teams that the, uh, major league teams do and some teams
0: shift shifted you know it, it's uh, I, I, I'm kind of torn between the shift. You know, why don't the guys just hit it somewhere? somewhere? <laughs> hit it somewhere else. or, or why, why? You know, but you know, I understand the shift. They put everybody for left-handed. They put everybody on the right side, and then run that cutter in on the guy's hands, and it's a strike, and he doesn't have a choice but pull it. You know, and, and uh, it, uh, it, it, it's, it's a tough thing. So, I personally, you. Probably you have the same philosophy, well, if they're gonna shift hit it somewhere else, and you're a major league hitter, you can do that, but uh they're also major league pitchers and, <laughs> yeah. they and make you make you uh pull that thing and then uh, into the shift and uh I'm glad it's done with personally though and in the long run, I'm glad that they're gonna try not to do it, so.
2: yeah. Opening day coming up Thursday. We'll see uh how the pitch clock works in the regular season for Major League Baseball. No shift, and also they made the ba- the bases bigger, Coach. And uh, what, what's the thought process behind that?
0: I really think it is for injuries and stuff. And uh it looks like a pizza box, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think it's mainly for injuries, especially at first base. And uh I, other than that, I really don't. I guess. Uh, might make it easier to steal bases because it's three inches closer or something. <laughs> you know, that's all I can figure out.
2: Yeah. and also the uh speaking of that, the throw over rule. Uh you can only throw over oh, three times or yeah, two times and you get one more after that. And I'm interested to see what that means for stolen bases, uh, this year, Coach. Yeah,
0: because 'cause it's got to be a got to be a big deal because you can't step off either. Yeah. You know, and so so uh the pitcher's gonna time it up and uh, I mean, the base runner's going to time it up. And I I think that might be a really big deal because you know some pitchers like to throw over there four or five times to a batter, and uh, uh, and you know they're not really trying to pick him off, but just trying to keep him close to the base. You know, so the catcher has a chance to throw him out. And I think uh, you know as the year goes on, I think you're going to see more more running. Which you know, I, most people like to see that stuff. See more running, more hit and runs, and stuff, especially when they know the pitcher has to throw it across the plate. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a – and they, that that might be the biggest deal of all of them eventually.
2: RV joining us, Coach. Did you uh, did you watch the World Baseball Classic? what did you think of that tournament?
0: I I, I loved the parts I watched. I yeah, didn't get much of it, much of it because they were playing a lot of the same times we were playing. And uh, uh but uh, I, I loved to watch the parts. I God, those guys got after it, man. They really did. I.
2: That's enjoyable, and so many good players. Golly, man, where are y'all <laughs> coming from? And it was fun to watch. And, and uh, we had Brandon Manning on, who played at Conley and Pitt and ECU, and he said it. watching it, it reminded him of Legion Ball, where you're you're playing with guys that you're usually playing against, and also you're playing for something bigger than yourself. And I liked it just because I lot the guys were really having fun out there playing baseball. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, you, I, I love what Brandon said which is. So true, but, uh, you know, what a what a good – it looks like it's fun. It looks like they wanted to be there. Uh, I, I really got the impression they could have taken all the money out of it to the players and yeah. still wanted to play out there. Yeah. Taken all the money away and they still wanted to be there. But uh, uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs>
6: yeah, Ronald
2: Vincent joining us today on the Pirate Radio live line. Coach, I always ask you this every year, but and and I think your answer is pretty similar every year. But but how much has the game, the players changed? You know, since you first got into it, and it, I, I feel like your answer every year is pretty much at the end of the day is still baseball. And and is that kind of how you feel going into 2023 with your Rose team? I mean, you you recognize any changes from these guys compared to guys you coached 20, 30 years ago?
0: you know they you're, you're exactly right they they're pretty much the same but uh a lot of techniques a lot of training techniques have changed you know a lot of things have changed you know with uh a physical you know you go get your physical therapist you have a hit, you hit yeah a, uh places to hit a lot a lot of the training techniques have changed uh, uh especially in the last ten or twelve years and uh the players are much more aware of uh, what's a, what's available to possibly make them a better player. But you know, the kids. the kids still like always, they they I want you to they want to they they want some discipline. They you know, you there, you're on time. They don't want people just walking in and out and you come to practice every day. They, stuff like that. But uh uh like I say the training techniques they did last eight or ten years. But look there's still like uh, we Coach Medlin and I were talking this weekend about how many great guys we have on our team this year just awesome people that, that uh, you know it, it's really it's really amazing uh, uh how many people are on this team that are just good human beings and that that makes it so much more fun to coach
2: and that's awesome to hear and and you yourself uh one of the all-time great human beings as well and that's an interesting point though coach you know how how do you, as the years go on, continue to relate uh, to your players? Because you get older and your team stays the same age every year. So, so how that work for you?
0: Hey, hey, you know, it it it, uh, it, it takes a while, really, it, for me. Some I mean, and uh, uh, you know, you try to figure out what's going on in these people's lives and stuff. And, yeah. You know, it, look on the buses, bus rides back in the day. <laughs> you come back and everybody's raising came by there talking, singing. That doesn't happen anymore. All on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It's really quite ride back as compared to what it used to be, and you know that's something that you you just accept. Uh, And and, uh, now they don't bring the phones in the dugout and stuff like that. But uh, you know when the game's over, uh, they they uh, they still ride. They still like to ride the bus back together. I tell you, they they uh, you know because our guys love to ride the bus back together. That's something. It's such a a good thing as you remember it's, it's such a good thing you make it, your friends you talk and all this stuff but uh, yeah the, the, the kids uh, uh, have so much access to stuff but they, they like I say
2: they're good people that's awesome that's great to hear Ronald Vincent joining us on the Pirate Radio live line yesterday uh, coach I was talking about uh, you with Brian Bailey and, and Bailey said he remembered when he first got around here to Greenville You were uh, you were playing softball and my dad heard that interview and he called me last night and he said "Askar, he said he was in a turn a softball tournament with you and he said it was in snow hill and y'all were playing a good team from kinston but my dad said he was playing short and you were playing third and he said after his first two errors you, you said hey shake it off man it's all right shake it off and then he said, "By errors three and four, you wouldn't even look over at him anymore." <laughs> do you Do you recall that story at all? <laughs> I, I remember. I remember playing with your
0: dad. How about
2: we leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> My dad said every time a ball was hit to him, the uh, other dugout would yell "boot," and man, they got in his head. And he had RV beside him, and he just could he uh, he choked under the pressure. I guess. Uh, look, uh, I'm
0: just glad it didn't hit it to me. <laughs>
2: yeah. that's awesome that, that was really cool to hear though i didn't i didn't i had not heard that story before uh ronald Vincent joining us today coach uh tell us about the the rose team you got this year and also man uh, no surprise uh going to be some great baseball here in eastern north carolina so some real high competitive games but how about the the state of baseball around here and your particular team this year uh, well,
0: you know we, we've uh, we've had our pitching and catching and defense have been very good most for the most part, so far we we uh, hit the ball, uh, got some timely hits. We've got some good players, but Pit County, Pit County baseball really this year is kind of kind of really strong between us and Conley and South Central and you know Aiden Griffin and North Pitt and even F- F- Fallville. You know the uh, baseball around here is pretty best Pitt County. Everybody just uh, knows that you know Pit County baseball is so good, and, you know because our Youth programs and stuff like that. So, but, uh, uh, but college, you know, uh, I think they're still undefeated. And uh, South Central's lost one or two. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Whoever you know comes out of this uh, conference is gonna be, the, it's gonna be a good team. So, a lot of good pitchers out there now. A lot
2: of good pitchers. Just such a, a great baseball area, and that goes all the way down to the, the Little Leagues and beyond. Uh, Ronald Vincent joining us today. Coach, I, I'm not going to ask you about your bracket. It probably blew up like everybody's, right? Uh, I
0: I had Purdue going
2: all the way. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, well, you you and everybody else uh, messed up <laughs> this year, that's for sure. Uh, but coach, uh, man, great to to talk with you. Do you and uh, Marvin have any big league ballpark trips planned for the summer? Y'all y'all got any plans to go anywhere this year? Yeah, we
0: we were talking about it today. Much as a matter of fact, uh, uh, my my hope this year is to go to Cooperstown somehow. Okay. i have, I've never been to Cooperstown, and I've just Really, really want to go there. And, uh, uh, there's, you know, uh, there's a good chance we'll try to hook up with Clayton again somewhere sometime. Yeah. Uh, Clayton McCulloch. Uh, but, uh, right now, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to get to Cooperstown for a couple days.
2: All right. I'm sure I'll see Marvin around somewhere soon, but tell him, uh, my pick is I- I'm going to take my Braves this year to win the World Series. See what he thinks about that.
0: Uh he. He'll
2: probably just laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> RV, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on, on all the honors and uh, got a celebration going on this Thursday. Going to be really neat uh, for Coach RV. It's Ronald uh, RV Vincent Field out at Guy Smith Stadium and just all the 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 great job he's done on the field, but also off the field. RV and I'm a Conley guy, but uh, you're you're tough to to root against. RV, I'll say. I think even Conley folks love you, right? you.
13: <laughs>
0: i (laughs) hope so. That's about two and a half hours each night. uh, Yeah, right.
2: Exactly. Coach, thank you so much. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right.
0: Thanks, Cliff. Talk to you later.
2: There is uh, the legendary RV, Ronald Vincent, joining us on the show today. One of the all-time great guys, and uh, just so happens to be the winningest high school baseball coach. In the history of our state. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, switch gears, talk a little football, more pro day interviews. Holt Nailers, CJ Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, Noah Henderson, Miles Berry. We'll hear some of that and make you a winner when we return on Pirate Radio Live. A lot more to go. We're back with you after this.
1: You want that it was me? She said You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
5: Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right,
2: let's hear more from 2023 Pro Day. We were out there earlier today getting interviews, snapping pics, uh, shooting video. You can check Missing it out. Missing lunch meetings. Oh, man, yeah. Can we hear that again? The, the, the disappointment in Chandler's voice. Yeah, nice, Kate. We've We've been out
6: here so long. Hungry. Yeah, yeah, I missed a yeah. lunch yeah. meeting
4: today. <sighs> I don't know. Oh, nice. that sucks, man. The
5: <laughs> amount of dejection in his voice. Man, I missed a
4: lunch meeting today. Because I believe we were going to go to Chico's, and I was very oh, excited. Oh, oh.
2: But the grind never stops, man.
4: Never stop the grind. Yep. Or the grind will stop you.
2: That's what your tattoo says, I right? I don't know if that even makes <laughs> sense. No, nah, it does. I like it. I like that phrase, and I like the phrase Mac said earlier. They're, he got tired of people tired getting of them, tired of him.
4: He got tired of them getting tired of him.
2: Yep, I like that phrase, too. All right, let's uh, hear what Holt Naylor's had to say when he met with the media following a Pro Day. A lot of scouts watching him. A lot of reporters asking him questions afterwards. Let's hear it.
9: Well, what'd you think? I thought it was really well. You know, I, I felt like I threw the ball really good, and um, you know, obviously, I felt like I ran good. But the big thing for me is just throwing. Uh, you know, talking to teams, and uh, I felt like I could show that I could do some things that you know maybe I didn't show during the season or didn't get the chance to show. So I feel good about it.
7: What are you hearing? What's the, what's the chatter around you and the scouts that you
9: talked to today? What yeah, do you, to think? Um, you know, five through seven, to priority free agent. You know, hopefully, you know today, um, you know, bump that up, and um, you know, I just I just want to land in a good spot, you know, wherever I am, and. Uh, make the most of every opportunity that I've every opportunity to step onto the field I want to make the most of it and show what I can do and I feel like I've done that at this point. What do you do from here as far as getting ready? Keep training um we we'll go eat a good lunch though I, I've barely been able to eat I'm trying to lose some weight so <laughs> probably gonna go stuff myself with some food for the rest of the day um and then just get back to work man you know the job's not done you know you build up to this pro day thing it's a huge deal but you know you know now it's now it's really go time once April comes because we get in a rookie mini camp mini camp and and kind of go from there. So um, it's, it's really just getting started. How
8: much has um, working with QB country kind of grown your game? As
9: well? A ton, a ton. I mean, I'm finally becoming, you know, a, a, a real quarterback, a pro quarterback. And um, I introduced a Mason to him yesterday and, you know, let him um, start working with him and de- develop that relationship. I mean, he's, you know, top three in the world at what he does. I mean, he trains all the guys in the NFL. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's as good as anyone. Have you
8: seen it? Up your release,
9: losses, yeah, absolutely. Busy. Yeah. Um, literally all of it. I mean just just board work too. I mean it was it was a great process and you know that's a relationship I'm continue to build and I mean it helped me last year going into my senior year, I had six days with him. I felt like I would change then and you know now I had three months with him. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was great and you know, we focused on you have velocity, deep ball, um, you know, mechanics, all of it. You know, when I got there, um, we long-tossed day one. I hit 58 yards when, I, when our, our last day there I hit 71 yards. So um, that's in three months. So uh, we wanted to show shot there. I could do that today and, and have a lot of deep balls in it, and I felt like I did that. Where are they located? Um, Mobile is their okay. central location. They have one in Charlotte. They have them all over. Yeah, okay.
4: Um, you mentioned your mechanics. Talk to us a little bit about how you changed from being a spread-style quarterback into this
6: kind of five-step drop, three-step drop yeah. from the
9: pro, if you will. Yeah, great question, Joe. Um, you know, I think – um, you know, that's playing quarterback to be able to go under center, especially at a pro level in these pro style offenses. And a lot of it's just terminology, just understanding that, you know, we usually have a one word in the West Coast system. It's a, you know, one word type thing in the digit system. In the pro style system, it's, you know, 16, 20 words. Um, it's just learning that. And then, you know, on the field, just going under center, getting comfortable with it. You know, I haven't really done it too much. Um, and just ability to do that, and I'm I'm super comfortable with it now. I mean, I had three months of working at it under center, and we we showed today that we had a lot of under center work. Just to show that I was comfortable with it and can do it. Um, yeah, so I'm just excited for it and excited for the future. are watching. You nervous new. at all today? Was I nervous today? Um, I was nervous for the vertical because like I only had the vertical inside to warm up for. So I'm like I have never just warmed up for a vertical. Um, but once I got out here, man, got on the field, I was I was ready to roll. They're
2: watching you throw them, but also they're watching your receivers catch. So yeah. what's it like helping out your, your teammates maybe get a shot at the next
9: level? Oh, it was great. Um, you know, we, we had, you know, my, my QB coach got here about a week ago, and we had, you know, practices and then walkthroughs going through this. And uh, I mean, you're sitting out here with, you know, some of your best friends in the world, and you look and, like, I mean, we're all chasing the same dream, and we all came here to chase that dream. And, you know, now every single NFL team with, with multiple guys here are here to watch us. Like, why would, you, would we not, you know, go out there and try to put on a show? And, you know, I felt like we did that today. And going off that you feel like you have to be maybe perfect in the situation like no nah. um if you ever think about being perfect as a quarterback and really as a player or I mean shooting as a person I mean you're gonna you're gonna have misses I mean you're that's just that's just part of life but you know I just try to make it you know the most of every single throw and you know even if I did miss I wanted to miss you know deep I wanted to show I could you know push the ball vertical and
6: I felt like I did that can you touch on being out here with CJ and Nate yeah
9: it was great um you know I wanted coach Connor to be a part of it and uh you know, those were we here with Caden Norman. You know, I wanted him to be a part of it too, and he snapped to me today. And you know, those guys mean a lot to me. Um, they mean a lot to my life. And you know, before I was, you know, training for the draft or you know, with QB country with you know, pro guys. You know, those were the guys that helped me get to where I was at. So I wanted to make sure that I bring them along and, and show appreciation to them and some of my best friends. And you know, I really appreciate them. How do
8: you think your support
9: system has impacted you through the process? <laughs> a ton. Um, You notice, you know, I've lived in Greenville my whole life, so I've never been away from my family, but, you know, you notice I was in L.A., um, Orlando, and then Mobile, and um, I wasn't home for a couple months, and you realize, you know, who's calling you. Um, I'm super busy, and, you know, I'm working out from 7.30 to 3.30 every day, and then the rest of the time is either yoga or massage or something to work on your body. So um, you notice who texts you, who calls you. Um, I mean, even some of my high school friends today, I didn't even know they knew, they knew that it was my pro day. One of them is, is at Army, the University of Army right now, and he texted me and said, good luck. I'm like, dude, how would you even figure out it was my pro day today? So just, uh, just having people that care about you. Um, and, you know, obviously um, the circle, you know, there's going to be people coming to, to me now because you know, you're getting to the pros, you know, more people want to be around you. But, you know, I'm going to keep my tight circle. I have, you know, playing here, playing your hometown, there's a lot of noise, so I had to always keep it tight.
2: All right, there is Holt Naylor's following today's pro day and looking to see what his next move is. He's going to continue the training, uh, getting ready for the upcoming NFL draft. All right, uh, one of his favorite targets for years and years now has been C.J. Johnson. Let's hear what C.J. had to say following his pro day. C.J.
14: Five Day, how do you think you did today? I think I did pretty well. I mean, uh, me and my boys, we trained pretty hard for the last three months for this opportunity, so I think we came out here and did a great job. uh,
7: You've been building for this day for a long time. You know, the combine didn't work out how you wanted. Uh, Just talk about the pressure of this day and being able to perform for all the scouts.
14: I mean, it's a a big pressure situation, but, I mean, uh, you just got to look at it as another opportunity to show everybody what you got. So what do you do from here as far as, as what your next step is? Uh, next step will be I um, will be flying out to uh, New Orleans April 1st for a 30 visit and um, and just training all the way up until the draft until I get picked up.
8: What type of feedback have you got throughout the process from scouts? What they like, that they want to see you
14: better at? Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, they like they like my size. They like uh, the big slot um, scenario that they can put me in. And um, as far as it's things I need to work on, they've been they've been really keying in on my speed and just wondering how fast I am.
8: Obviously. CJ, obviously you were an outside guy coming in and then you played slot some last year. How important is it for you to be versatile in both those positions for these guys looking for you in this draft?
14: Oh man, it's, uh, it's very important. Just being uh, just being able to play more than one position gives you a value that uh, that they look for in the NFL and um, the value is all you can go off of.
7: What's the best advice you've been given through throughout this whole process?
14: Um, I will just say be myself and um, just be completely honest. Any Effort. idea what you
8: ran in
14: the, the 40? Uh, I've heard 457. I've heard 461. Um, I don't know exactly. So.
8: Are you happy with the you know, anything in the 45s? Kind of uh, yes,
14: uh, I am. I've been I've been working. I'm, I'm 225, so uh, to be able to move that way is pretty good.
8: You, you talked about playing in the slot. Most teams kind of see you in that role in the NFL, or have you talked about
14: playing that? Uh, a lot of teams have talked to me about playing the big slot role, uh, not as much as the wideout role. So, how
8: did it feel having some fellow pirates on the field with you today while you're building your
14: profile? Oh man, it was great just being able to uh, get after with my boys one more time, I and mean, I love these guys, man. I, I did some time with them, so I mean.
2: After catching all those passes from Holden, what was it like doing it one last time in front of NFL scouts? You guys started when you were kids.
14: I mean, I mean, it's it's just a dream come true, honestly. Uh, uh, sadly, this is our last time we'll probably be throwing together, but I mean, it was a blessing.
2: All right, uh, Holton and CJ have to go to the same pro team now, right? I mean, we got to continue this thing from Conley to ECU to the pros. But uh, you heard CJ there, and uh, I will say it was. Uh, pretty well-oiled machine. You can you heard Holton talk about how they prepared for it, practiced for it, and uh, it was cool to see them running routes. and Holton connecting with his receivers, with uh, Ryan Jones, with Keaton Mitchell, with Darius Penix, uh, who was there, former Pirate running back today, out at Pro Day. All right, let's hear from our guy Isaiah Winstead, uh, who we talked to heading into Pro Day on Saturday. We aired that for you yesterday on our show and had a chance to catch up with him uh, here at the end of Pro Day today. Here's how it sounded. Isaiah,
10: you're a bigger guy. Obviously, with a large frame like yours, you really wanted to show these scouts what it's like to move vertically and horizontally. How do you think you did today?
13: I feel like I did good. I feel like I did great coming in and out of my breaks and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we prepared for this, so it was just basically like another day of practice and training where I was training. Like, how comfortable was that having Holton out there throwing to you? Very comfortable, you know. Ain't nothing like going with your quarterback. You know, we, uh, uh, we was, you know, we broke records together and all that stuff. So, you know, I was very comfortable with him. Uh, I came here early. We had ran through a script a couple times before the pro day. So, he was very comfortable out there.
8: Zay, how much do you feel you
13: have had to prove going into today to some of the watching? Uh, it's more so proving it to myself, but, you know, you know, the politics stuff. Um, So I guess a lot, you know, showing I could catch deep passes, run routes and stuff like that, because I guess my film didn't show that much. So, uh, you know, that's about it, really. I'm sure your your 40 time was important to you. Any idea what you ran? I don't know what I ran. When I was training, I ran four, five flat three times in a row. So hopefully it'll be the same thing or under.
8: Seeing how you have some
13: support here today, how do you think that impacted you, like going into the field? Uh, I felt good, man. Just having you know my son, you know, building a legacy and stuff like that. It, it, it definitely helped me. You know, I was a little not so nervous, but a little nervous, you know, because this just the biggest stage, you know, pro day in front of 32 teams and stuff like that. So it definitely like chilled me out a little bit.
2: I say, you know what's next for you on the schedule.
13: Nah, go home, work out. Stop doing this training. Same same grind, yeah, change (laughs) a couple diapers.
8: (laughs) Did you you give any feedback after Pro Day today or throughout this process?
13: uh, Yeah, I had a couple scouts uh, come up to me, give me their card and stuff, and just told me to keep working it, be on the lookout, and got got my phone number. All
2: right, there it is, Isaiah Winstead. We're rooting for him to catch on with a pro team as well. Still got a couple interviews left to go, but right now... We will make you a winner and open up the booty bag.
8: Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, booty, booty,
2: booty, booty booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. Shirley, what are we giving away today?
5: How about a $10 gift card courtesy of Jersey Mike's?
2: Everybody
3: likes
4: Jersey Mike's.
5: They've got their uh, annual day of giving coming up tomorrow. So, uh, and bless you. Uh,
15: bless you.
5: Jeez, <laughs> that's a Brian Bailey sneeze <sighs> if I've ever heard one.
2: i feel better now.
5: Yeah. I'm going right. to go with uh, caller number.
2: Call 9-317-1250. You win Jersey Mike's. Don't forget Wednesday, National Day of Giving, and uh, everything you pay at Jersey Mike's goes directly to the uh, Children's Hospital here locally. Awesome day coming up on Wednesday, and we'll make you a winner with some Jersey Mike's right now. 317-1250. We're back with more after this.
1: listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
5: Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin? How about smooth your skin texture? Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar and Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. And congratulations to John Carden of Winterville, was the big winner. Picked up a $10 gift certificate courtesy of Jersey Mike's. Don't forget, tomorrow is their annual day of giving. All proceeds from any Jersey Mike's location in the city of Greenville will go uh, to the Children's Hospital right here in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Cliff Brock.
2: Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Y'all feel like something's missing? Some feel a little off. No. No, you feel good, Chandler. I noticed. Uh, Wait, what's Jonathan, today?
4: Jonathan wasn't on the show. Tuesday.
5: Right Bryce.
2: Bryce Williams.
5: Where the heck is Bryce?
2: <laughs> he will rejoin us next week.
5: What?
2: Said he was traveling from Florida. Told us he oh, had to go. that's right. Uh, he had to go pick up a boat. Drop off <sighs> and pick off a bo- pick up a boat. Yeah, so. that's right. I forgot. Man, I, I missed you, you, buddy. I was kind of sad to hear Chandler didn't even <laughs> miss him.
4: Crap. I, I I noticed that Jonathan wasn't on the show before I did. Uh, before I noticed that Bryce wasn't on the show. He
5: was on the show. Well, yeah, he not he joined us o'clock. later in the show, but not. We in didn't first do second. our uh,
2: our normal rankings. Yeah. Wh- which, um, oh yeah, we were gonna do non-sports athlete. That didn't make any sense. Non-sports alum for all the opposing football teams on the schedule.
4: That's been homework. Has been. Uh, postponed.
2: Now, LRB will be on Thursday at 3. Should we do it then? Yes. Might as well. All right. We'll do that Thursday at 3 o'clock. Uh, a couple more Pro Day interviews to get to Big Noah Henderson. And uh, he is looking to make it on the next level. And just great to see him active and uh, being able to play and complete his career at ECU after some, uh, some really tough injuries. But looking good out there now. And uh, he talked to us today after Pro Day.
8: Noah,
16: how do you feel like went out there? Uh, I feel like I did pretty good. You know, I worked hard. It's been a long way. I was just ready to get out here, you know, show what I've been doing. i you've
8: kind of had an experience with the Hula Bowl when you went out to the NFL PA Bowl. What has what this whole process been like? How much have you kind of grown and learned?
13: Uh,
16: it's honestly, honestly just a blessing and eye-opener, you know. Not many people get to get the experiences I've had, you know, just taking it all in and, you know, working as hard as I can. What drills do you feel like were most important for you to, to show out and do well at today? Uh, really the position drills, just showing that I've got the great feet that I can move and somebody with power, you know, can go to the next level and move people.
7: When you go out there, are there any nerves at all or are you kind of relaxed?
16: Yeah, I'm relaxed. You know, I'm a guy that I like to perform. I like to be in front of a lot of people in a large crowd, so, you know, I'm used to it.
7: Did it help having so all the Pirates out there with you?
16: Oh, yeah, it's great to have my teammates and former teammates, you know, guys that I came in with. So, yeah, it was a great thing. Did you get any immediate feedback from scouts? you talked to anybody out here? Uh, no, but you can kind of see, like, the oohs in the eyes and, like, the facial expressions after you might make a good move or you're doing this well
8: gotten much feedback throughout the process on just kind of like where they, they see you, where you stand, that sort of stuff? Oh
16: uh, yeah, I've heard from a lot of scouts. You know, I was at the NFL PA in the Hula Bowl, so I got that opportunity to meet with probably like 30 teams out of all of them. So, you know, I've just been hearing like what they want to see and what they think I can do. What are
8: some of the things they really like about your, your film, your your playing style, and then what do they want to see you continue to?
16: Uh, just athleticism. Everybody loves it. I'm a big athlete, a guy that can move uh, a lot of talks about maybe moving me inside the guard and things like that but really everybody knows that i've got a dog everybody just wanted to see me finish 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 what do
8: you think about playing guard is that
16: something all right, that i'm all for it. whoever wants to pay me to play guard i'm there all right
2: there he is noah henderson brian bailey asked him where his dog was no said right here pointed his chest so bailey was really interested in that dog
4: where's your dog at
2: and bailey also said we'll see if this is uh he goes by this um he said he's going to start using that using the phrase yeah said he's got a dog with him so I, I got the
4: dog with me. I got
2: my dog and with that me kind today, of deal. and that kind of thing. that's you,
4: the, the
6: Coward. All
2: right, I went one on one with one of our favorites from the uh, Delcor Players Lounge and football season, Miles Berry, and uh, talked to Miles after pro day. Let's hear that. All right, Miles, how would it go out here today, man?
15: It went well, man. Just really blessed, blessed to be here, blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, it was a great chance to compete and run some good times, and really just get in front of the scouts. And just you know, show them what what we've been showcasing in past our whole college career for real.
2: Where you've been uh, training at these Greens- few weeks? Greensboro, yeah,
15: hometown in Greensboro. Uh, it's um, a place called Strength and Body. Um, yeah, I've been training there for the past three months, and
2: it's been a journey. What uh, drills do you think you excelled at today? And uh, what are you what are you proud of today? Uh,
15: definitely the linebacker drills. Uh, all of those, I feel like I did really well in the 510 five and the shuttle. Uh, so just wait to see what those numbers are looking like, but definitely excelled in the drills and caught every ball thrown to me. So pleased with that.
2: Miles, uh, we know that you're going to be a success no matter what you choose to do. So this next thing for you, the, the football is still in the plans, right? Yes, sir. As far as now,
15: yeah, man. I had this opportunity while it's in front of me, so I'm gonna just give it the best shot I have, and then um, if not that, then I'll just dive into my career and see what God has planned for me.
2: Maybe presidency in the 2030s. Hey, hey if, if, if that's what He has
15: in store, then I might be, I might run for something. We'll see.
2: Would love to see Miles Berry continue his football career, if not going to be a success in life. Uh, just a awesome young man, and i uh, really got a uh, glad we got a chance to know him during uh, the past football season. All right, those are the interviews from Pro Day. We've got videos, we've got uh, pictures and all that available on our social media site. So if you want more Pro Day, you can check it out, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube as well. Do we have another break? All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back, get ready to wrap it up. We'll uh, take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard, let you know what's going on on your sports evening when we return after this.
1: Listening to hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates, and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
5: Welcome back. It was a down day for the stock market today. The Dow was down 37 points and finished at 32,394. NASDAQ was down 52 at 11,716, and the S&P was down six at 3,971. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Cliff Barrow. All
2: right, y'all fired up for the NIT tonight? Fired up, baby. Let's go. I wouldn't watch the NIT with Ray Charles' eyes. Mm. Um, Mercy. Wow. Yeah. That's saying a lot. But it's on tonight on ESPN, Wisconsin, North Texas, Utah Valley, UAB. You got Charlotte, CBI champions, FAU, final four, North Texas, and UAB in the nit semis all from conference usa and all coming to join us right uh what a basketball playing league conference usa is and uh they'll be joining us in the aac next season so uh it'll be exciting have some good basketball games to attend in menchie's coliseum uh so those two games going on tonight we are just two days away from major league baseball opening day so that's uh pretty exciting Check it out, the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by The Buck. Buck Live Music seven days a week, no cover during the week. Ladies in free every Friday and Saturday before 10. Visit the Buccaneer for a complete schedule of live events this week. See ya and be seen at The Buck. All right, Shirley Chandler, great program. We'll see you fine, folks, Wednesday. Going to catch up with former pirate bryce Harmon, who is now a scout in the philadelphia phillies organization we'll talk some baseball with mark brown camdenchat.com talk about the o's and a few preseason predictions coming up on the show as well p mace patrick mason will join us a lot ahead on wednesday's edition of pirate radio live we'll talk to you then for shirley
1: chan man i'm clip brock jeff charles take us home have a great night eastern carolina